When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we have arrived at grand final week. The big dance is only a couple of ways, uh, days away now, Boxhead. Been uh, a pretty quiet build-up, in all honesty. I think the last few days, haven't heard a whole lot. Um, I think probably the thing that's been talked about the most is the incident with a trainer. With Penrith, more so than the game of football, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it depends who you listen to. So. So. Yeah. But, well, like a quiet build-up. Oh, I, just I know thought, a lot of people don't, but oh, I, don't I, mean, I don't mind in it. In terms I, of slinging, I, I don't need I don't need all the rubbish during the week because I'm going to be just as excited for the game, irrespective. I more mean just talk about the game, how I think it's going to play it, etc. Just, I but that's not the rugby league media. It's been a little bit quiet. Ninety nine point nine nine percent of the rugby league media don't do that. Mm. Asking Jamie and Simon about the Ricky Stewart, they was just like, "Really? This is what we're talking about this week? Yeah, well, maybe we talk about the game. That'd be nice." Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get stuck in, have an in-depth breakdown of how we think the game will play out. You've got to understand what sells papers, mate. I know, mate. We've said it before. Unfortunately, a lot of that stuff is what sells it. But we're going to break it down, mate, how we think it's going to play out. But Good. As we said, Battle of the West, um, from what we spoke about last time in terms of selections, no surprise that Taylor May and both Tom Opacek out. Tom Opacek yeah. wasn't ruled out he was named but all the talk is obviously he's not going to be included which is no surprise yeah so it was May wasn't he May was named or May not? wasn't named at okay. all the surprise one was I said well obviously after 8 weeks he's not going to go to Nathan Brown but he has gone for Nathan Brown so um, he has 3 forwards on his bench I don't know exactly you know like all the talk about that situation and telling him to move on etc <laughs> whether he's just thought now that he's got him nice wound up and aggressive and he'll unleash him for 15-20 minutes on the day rather than carry a Makatoa, who he wasn't really using, or Cartwright, who he only gave 12, 15 minutes to last week. And, oh, I just know. think it's horses for courses. He's, he's played in Origin. I thought that he's going to have the desired impact or outcome that he's looking for, so he's gone with it. I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. Well, I was going to say, to be honest, everyone's been carrying on about the whole three forwards thing. Well, he's a more reliable third forward than the other two are. That's for sure. Hence the minutes. Yeah. They haven't been using those other guys much. And all I thought Makatoa was going good mid-year. I like McIntyre as and well. And now but... he's essentially made him unselectable because he hasn't given him enough minutes to have making. the confidence to pick him and know that he could he could handle probably a 20 minutes. Well, whereas so. Brown, you know, was playing big minutes before and is a big minute player in general. So yeah. if, if you're only using him for 15, 20. Yeah, yeah but he's going to go out there and bottom out. So he's going to have to be pretty selective when he puts him on. I'd be putting him on somewhere around that 30 minute mark, give him the 10 into half time and then. Just see how long he can go into the second half until he hits a wall, and then you've got that option to inject him in that last 10, 
if yeah. you need that because he doesn't leave a lot spark. on meat on the bone like he's two front rowers Madison and that rotation they all play almost 60 apiece I understand that but so, that, that the way that you use your interchanges you can effectively give him three 10 minute stints mm. which I think would be the smart way to go about it yeah and he's obviously got Oregon who generally plays a 25 to 30 um, and yeah well even Oregon Oregon's minutes have gone down as well because they're trying to play Paulo and RCG for as long as possible which I get I still think he got 30 last week He's sort of Oregon? played. Have a look. He's I'm played sure. the same minutes almost every week. Yeah, okay. I, I, I thought his minutes but had actually decreased. The minutes ramped up between those three uh, middles in terms of they've been getting them all to about the 60-minute mark Have the majority look. of the year. Have a look, man. So Regan last week played 57, Junior Polo 59. The back rowers had to come off both with injury, which is unfortunate. Madison played 60. Oregon played 36. 36. Rada played 42. And he gave Cartwright the token 14. And that was when one of the back rails went off. So that, so he essentially played with 15. Yeah, and Cartwright that's what I'm saying. He played 14 minutes. When, when did Cartwright go on? At when the end? Lane went off. For yeah, a, right, okay. Yeah. So realistically, like I said, if you're going to rely on a third <laughs> forward, Brown's more reliable than the other two in terms of the games he's played, his minutes, and the role that you're going to give him. Um, but yeah, I think for them, they've obviously been giving bigger minutes to those guys. I like They're going to do what they've done again. Murata will start the game, no doubt about it, and they'll roll... Madison on with Oregon. Um, and then on the Penner side of it was similar deal last week. So that's why all the talk Would about... you start with Nathan Brown? No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm, 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 just saying, I'm not saying I would. No. I'm just thinking I'm, I'm about... I'm not changing what's been working. And for me, the three... Some of the things that could change. The triple start with um, Murata, Paulo, RCG, I think is best practice for them. Could you but... go Brown, RCG, Paulo... You start Murata. Could you I play start Murata on the edge? No. So who are you benching? Who are you? Yeah, we Lane not or No, you're not. You're not benching anyone. No. No. He's there for me for a one-off stint, but you will let him lose for, like you said, 20, 25, something like that. Start Murata in the centres. And just let him get crazy. Um, but on the Panthers side of things, similar deal. I said it last week. Um, everyone's been talking about Arthur, but there's a lot of teams that do do this. They essentially play with... Yeah, well, do we have to cover it again? Well, we'll talk about the lineups. The two guys yeah, that they've right. got in Sorensen and Lenu. Sorensen almost gets half a game. Kenny basically gets half a game if they do what they've been doing, which yeah. I'm not I'm not a fan, but I think they'll do it again. How long does Salmon get Start last Start him. And Salmon got a token eight minutes because the game Only was Only because they were going to win. Yeah, that's that's right. the point yeah. I'm making. For all the talk about Arthur, there's other teams yeah. that do the same thing. 100%. They have cover for multiple positions. So in his case, I don't think Salmon sees the field unless it's a blowout or there's an injury and he can play center, yeah. back row, six. Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of changes there. Do you think they will go the Kenny route again? Like, he's done it to the whole final series. No, I, 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 it frustrated the I shit like out of me it. last week. I don't, I, like, I, it I don't like it at all either. Because to me, it's not a question of can he play 80. We know he can play 80. Yeah. So if he's your best option there, you play him there. Because yeah. to me, it's done at their attack. And people will go back to week one and go, well, we did it week one. And they scored off that error off the bomb. But they're just they're not as good. The service isn't as good. He's not quick out of dummy half. He offers no deception. They talk about taking the sting out of the game. It's like, well, I, I honestly think they're going to need a, the deception with... Yeah, it's a grand final. Appy ...because I think Parramatta are going to come so hard at their middle, they're going to need that little bit of change of direction. You know, come one side, pass the other. Just Appy taken off. Just knowing how to break a middle down. Uh, and without that, Kenny's going to want to get into that physical battle. I'm not sure if I'm Penrith, I really want to engage in that. I probably just... want to use that middle enthusiasm of Parramatta against them and move the ball a little bit, a couple of changes of direction, deception, 
And and Coruscant is your best person to be in the middle to Full do stop. that. Full stop. He's he's just a better player. Yeah. He, he unlocks a lot of things for him. He makes Yo better. He makes the halves. Everything starts out of nine. When he's not on the field, yeah. their middle is quite predictable. You don't have to be accountable for Kenny. Inside pressure gets to Yo. Yo is less effective. Your halves are less effective. As soon as he got on last week, everything was so much smoother. And there's no time to fuck around. And it's not a question of minutes. So I just don't understand it. Yeah. Like yeah, you don't have RP after this game. And it's the biggest game. And the chance to go back to back. Your best players play the most minutes. RP for me plays 80. If you want to use Kenny with their rotation in the middle, that's fine with me. But to start him for the first 20 in a grand final, I just look at RP Coruscant saying, if your last game for me, you're playing 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just my opinion. But that's talking about the lineup side of things. Who do you want to start with first? Do you want to go with Parramatta side of things first or Penrith? I don't, I don't care, mate. Well, let's go with Penrith. Back to back grand finals, three in a row now. Um, Obviously, you know, very dominant the year before. Come up just short against Melbourne. Wrote the wrongs last year in hard circumstances. Went the long way around the mountain. Were very unhealthy. Had six or seven guys that required surgery and did it the tough way. This year, sort of been the opposite, you know. Uh, Nathan, like we said during the year, missed a total of 10 games. Most origin representation, most international representation. Rested, have won all the lower grades so far and now have the chance to win a fourth one. The only one they didn't win was under... Harold Matthews, the 16-17s. Um, and this time around, they're as healthy as they could be besides Taylor May, which he is a loss. He is a good player. But there's certainly... If you're going to lose somebody out of your team in a position, a winger is a position you're happy to lose when you've got the depth yeah, they've got. Definitely. Rather than going to the game last year with your front row, your fullback, a lot of guys needing, you know, literally needing surgery. Yeah, couldn't so, more. <clears throat> they could not be in a better position health-wise mm-hmm. this year. So I think that's a huge advantage. But looking at them... Um, I think I wrote here, similar point we just made. To me, the Kenny thing just can't happen. Um, I, I wouldn't do it. I think they will if they do. I don't know if it'll get to the 20-minute mark, even though, again, that's sort of how they drag out that change, but I, I just wouldn't use him that way. But we know, minutes-wise, Fish later are going to play heavy. Lenu generally only gives you... So that 20-minute stint, it's been a hell of a stint, in particular during the finals, and Sorensen for 35-40. But, yeah, Salmon's purely there for cover. He won't get on the field unless... It's a blowout or yeah. there's an injury. Yeah. Both so. teams are playing with 16 with a, with one there to cover. Yeah, and similar deal to Parramatta. They're, they're going to rely on their, their middles for heavier minutes Yeah, um, and give those short stints to those two guys, and that's fair enough. Uh, in terms of the start, I think the main thing for Penrith, I guess, they'll just want to have a better start than what they did week one against Parramatta because when they had that kickoff period there, I don't think, you know, they, they, there was no pressure on Nathan. They, they sort of rolled all right, but similar deal again, I think, Dewey saw tonight where we went and it rained a little bit. They started with Kenny. It just affects the flow of their attack. I just think you need RP there from minute one. Yeah. So you're effective immediately through the middle when they've got that triple threat on with Murata and Paulo and that. And RP can at least move the point of attack and make those guys a little bit more accountable. And, you know, it just, it's, just ticks so many more boxes about what they do and how they play their football. And I think if they can sort of manage that first period, uh, that, that's a big tick. Because I've heard some people say that they think Penrith have got one of the better benches. I like Penrith's bench, but I think Parramatta's bench is pretty good. Oregon and Madison are pretty handy guys for all in the field. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think in terms of that matchup with Sorensen and Lenju, <clears throat> you know, they, I, I want to take advantage of when my two best front rowers are on with RP. I don't want RP coming on when I'm rolling those other two guys on. Mm, I want him yeah. there with Fisher, Harris and Leota from the get-go. So I definitely want that side of things. But that, that battle is super important that they win the middle and they do what they've done. But with RP there, it obviously allows... Like I said, a bit of accountability around the ruck and you can shift a bit earlier. You can better off out of yardage. You move that point of attack better. I think they can kind of wear up those middles and attack read and get at the halves a bit easier. And, um, you know, just 
I'm, I'm looking at that side of things compared to last time where I watched that first week game and it wasn't sort of again until Arpy got on the field that things sort of freed up. They were accountable at the ruck. Yo was getting the ball with nice width and they were sort of holding off him and they were getting one-on-ones on the outside. Prior to that, when Kenny was on, it was just more a one-out sort of game through the middle. Like I said, they weren't doing a whole lot with the football. They were just kicking, going back and forth. And Yeah, I just kind of see that first 20 is wasted if you don't have him out there. Agree. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think it plays into Parramatta's hands with how I expect them to approach the start of the game, definitely. We obviously know they're going to want to be strong in yardage, Penrith and... May was a loss in that regard because when you've got May there, those three guys that they've got, in particular Edwards, we know about Toto, they're strong all across the field. So no doubt they're going to have to st- uh, support Staines. Staines, I think, did an adequate job last week. He didn't do anything wrong. Uh, I but, just don't think he's a great yardage carry. No, nah, we know that. And so certainly, I, my I thought, kicking, Parramatta's kicking game yeah. certainly has to go there and make him carry as much as possible out of yardage, definitely. So, so you know if you're Penrith, that sort of pendulum, you've got to get across and support there. I think they're going and to that's want... Moses' side of the field as well. I think the right-hand side, is yep, it? Yep, it is. Yeah. So they're going to want more. Um... So you just expect kicks down Parramatta's right corner and right corridor. Yeah, actually, no, they swapped uh, Lane over. So he's on Brown's side of the field. Okay. Well, they slipped the wingers. But uh, they'll still kick to him. Mm. No, of course they will. Yeah, of course they will. But yeah, I just think you might see on the pendulum, if they're in like a tighter sort of short side or a space there, you'll see Edwards in that. Well, you'll just see Moses roll around. Mm kick and then just hook back around for the chase back on the right edge. Yeah. They'll It'll actually be. probably be better because Penrith then can't find Moses on the kick return. It's going to be pretty difficult. Yeah. They're going to have to pass across to find him. So, But I think similar idea, like you'll see Edwards if it's on a pendulum and they're close, that he'll be trying to probably take a bit of pressure. I think they'll need Critter and Tago to obviously help out a bit more. But you know, sorry last week, they were a bit slower to start with in yardage. I thought Seas did a good job early, but as the game <clears> wore on, Tyro and Edwards just started to chew him up. Yeah. Um, Stones off the back of them was more effective, but when he was first up, all the one you isolated, uh, it was obviously a bit of a tougher task. He's a lighter body. He gets forklifted. He gets driven backwards. He's obviously got better at that. Um, but, yeah, I think yardage is obviously a hell of a key for Penrith. They always start so well there, and that gets them sort of rolling off the back of that. Um, those centers, like we said, definitely need to help. But um, just in terms, similar deal of how they work everywhere, their channels, I think it's pretty obvious. You, you obviously want to get at Marnie. Money's a guy who certainly makes his tackles, but he's a guy you can generate momentum off. Um, and the more you well, sort he of misses get, a lot of tackles. Yeah, he's a guy you certainly can get momentum off. I have no doubt where they can again when you've got Arpy on the field and you hold up that middle like they did last time with Yo, which got him a lot of one on ones. They're going to want to get early ball and sort of get Martin straight into that edge or get Crichton one on ones with Simonson and Sevo and see if they can kind of get something going on that side of the field. It's popped up this week. Looking into things, people like that Panacea, that side of the field, they've conceded, um, you know, a bit as well. Like, I don't know if you could put that all on him. That, that's sort of a, a harsh stat for me, one of those ones where it's like points conceded or things conceded on someone else's edge. You can't put that all on one player. But no doubt they're left side heavy. So they're obviously like to set up to the right, come back to the left mainly. Luai gets to pick and choose what he wants to do. Cleary sort of dictates with that middle service and... Yo obviously has a big part to play at that, but you, you've got no doubt in your mind. One thing I thought they took too long to do last time when they did, it had a brutal result, is get Kikau into Moses. Mm. Um, it felt that first game they couldn't really get there a whole lot, and then when they did, when they started to get on top, there was that brutal concussion, which I'm not wishing upon anybody, but again, your back row is getting at halves is one of your best weapons. Yeah. Um, and if I'm Penrith, that's certainly something I think they need to do earlier. Yeah, cool. Um, Papali obviously helps him. Patterson, he's going to be there for support. I think you need a lot more inside hunt to sort of help out, but 
you know, I think no doubt in my mind that's somewhere they're going to go. And um, you look at this time, I think looking at those videos again when Arpy was there and they were getting a yo. Parramatta can't be so passive. They sort of held off every time Yo got that ball two or three wide and sort of ball watched and held and wanted to see what was going on. And it opened up pretty easily for Penrith a few times on the edges to get one at once. Yeah, I think yeah. they've got to jam Yo a lot harder, which again is harder when you've got Arpy on the field, which is why I want him out there. When Kenny's there, they weren't accountable early and it sort of made it easier to solve that. As soon as I saw him come on, they were a lot more passive. They were getting to the edges a lot easier and Nath had just a couple of simple moments there where they were tip-tip and they had one-on-ones and played into space. Crichton almost slid over. They got one of the Toto tries out of it. It just... I think Parramatta can't hold off this time. They've got to get stuck in the yell on the inside and not let him dictate when he wants to pass and run. Yeah. That's easier said than done. Yeah, and that's definitely. yeah, and it comes back again to Arpy and that accountability in the middle. Correct, because yeah. if you do when go to Arpy, just early, shoveling to him, it it makes it a lot easier to go and get that pressure on him. Mm. Or you but just understand, Arpy. as hard as as hard as you go, will dictate where Yo passes. Mm. And that's also a point. So I was make. That, that's the speed that you have and the pressure that you have. It needs to be as one line. As mm. soon as that line is disconnected, or someone's up a little bit faster or behind the line a little bit that's where that pass is going to go. Yeah. And that's all he's looking for. When he jumps into that shape where he's at the front of it, he's got someone inside and outside, and a half usually swinging out the back, he's just looking and going, okay, if you come hard from the inside, that's where I'm going to drop the pass. Yeah. If you come hard on the outside and you're not together, I'll run. Yeah. And if, if they're you, passive if you, in the ruck, you passive, back in. Yeah. Or, you know, if, if, if the middle comes hard and the edge... Holds off. I'll play at the back, yeah, and we'll strip you on the very edge. Good. And if they're passive, sometimes he'll just take the ten meters and try and get inside the drain, or yeah. get a one on one and get down because he's a big enough body. But it actually assists his running game because yeah. he's got those numbers outside him. Exactly. Uh, but I also think on that topic of coming harder inside, they got him two or three times watching that game back, where they look like they're playing out and they drop straight back into the guts, mm-hmm. where middles are either passive or they sort of turn out in the negative side, which is the defense other side of the play the ball haven't tied in. Nath kicked in there for a couple of their tries and they dropped back in there and ran a few times. I've got no doubt they'll do a similar deal again where Mike got to go or Cleary looking like they're going to go on a shift and then they'll tip back into an Edwards or someone and try and play through their middle yeah. just to make Parramatta more accountable. And again, later on in the halves, when you've got some you know fatigue into a guy like Mark Marnie and you've got those middles on the field and saw it last week, I think, that, that Cotter run, sort of a dead play the ball and they just hit him. And he got Marnie one-on-one where they were a bit lazy on the negative side. They sort of come back to it and he just crashed over. Yeah. So, I think Penrith, obviously, fitness-wise and relentless-wise and the way they like to cycle, they're, they're the best in terms of that. If things are in play and it's high volume back and forth on a cycle, that they will just eat that shit up. Mm. They'll love that. Um, but I'm just going to try and make that... Penrith will love it, mm. but understand it'll make Penrith uncomfortable if Staines is catching and getting smashed... And Parramatta are able to gain some field position and some ascendancy, and particularly if they can slow Penrith down, play one-two, that's going to make things very difficult for the Panthers. And they're going to have to think about, and I'm sure their coaches are are all over that, they're going to be expecting kicks to come to Staines, and and then they're going to be thinking about, well, how are we we getting out of that position, you know, and what the plan is to to sort of negate that. Mm. And a big part of that will be pressuring Moses. Yeah. And trying to get his kicking game off, off um, you know, his accuracy off. Which he showed a couple on the weekend. He shanked a couple and put a couple out on the full 
against the Cowboys. The other thing I do like about Penrith, which is another thing to watch on Para, is just the way they play short sides. Penrith are really good if they lay up on a back row or they sort of land on that spot at just surging straight afterwards. So Parramatta, same deal again. You have to be good at recovering when you've sort of played from that and not be passive. They will dump down a short side, like a tight short side with three players. Luai, Kikiate, that edge in particular, they love just kind of hitting that spot. And if they can roll, they'll go straight down there. And if they do that on that Walker and Penasini edge in particular, um, could spell a little bit of trouble. But another thing here, I guess, is weather. Well, it depends on their targeting. But, yeah. So if they want to, if they're targeting one of the halves yeah. and that half jumps Moses down the, and jump down that the short half side. jumps down the short side, then you chase him down there, yeah. Hmm. But, but they they might have a plan to come back. You don't you don't you don't know. That'll change from week week to week. Hmm. You could probably go and have a look at the last time they played and see, you know, from from memory they were, yeah, they they targeted Moses and eventually sort of knocked him out of the game, didn't they? Um, oh, that that'd be my plan. I'd be making Mo, Moses make as many tackles as he can. Yeah, well, Brown's a good defender, and that I other think the side best the thing, the best thing to happen to the Panthers, was Mitchell Moses smashing Kenny Bromwich, in that game, the last round game against Melbourne, because what that actually did to Mitchell Moses was tell him to go really hard on his inside shoulder, mm. and it actually means that the space on Mitchell Moses' outside shoulder is bigger. Yeah. So but, if you can actually play short and and just tell your back rower, I'm gonna you're gonna get hammered a couple of times here. I'm gonna feed into yeah, having him nice and tight, and then having a play where you just come out the back of that. Yeah. Well, kick out's not gonna be worried. Him. I don't think about getting hammered no. by him. That's for sure. No. And if anything, he's gonna want to be really tight on that inside shoulder. So Penrith will be working on little plays to maybe go up, maybe push kick out up mm. on a little on a little up line rather than coming down to his inside shoulder start to come down and then come off his right foot and go up and try and expose that space because Moses is going to want to be so tight on his inside shoulder and just hope that he's, yeah. um, his outside man is white. Well, uh, I expect to see a little bit of that from Penrith. Yeah, I think similar to what you're saying, I think Papa Lee realised last time that he had to not come in a bit, <laughs> but a few times there he got a little bit tighter to Moses as well to try and support him with that. So I think there's going to be room for them there to try and isolate more space around Penasini and Wanga to make decisions around Tago and Toto on that left-hand side. Mm. And um, if you don't go to the fullback there, go across the fullback to the centre. If you think the <clears throat> you think um, the centre is going to jam with Moses, mm. then just keep testing that connection between you know half centre winger. Yeah, well, I definitely think they're going to get some opportunities to hopefully expose that centre wing pairing there, and you know try and get some one-on-ones or good space like you're saying, using Kikiyo as they do as a DK or a short runner. Um, at that space and then there. there was one on the weekend where the Cowboys went at Moses mm. that was the one where they grabbed him and pushed him over and then they went jumped down the short time and scored yeah that's what I'm talking about Penrith particularly on the left love mm. that where they surge with Luai and that depending on who gets put down on the ground it doesn't matter they'll just jump and roll yeah um, they're very good at doing that but I think a lot of talk obviously it's an obvious one about Cleary they do a good job I, like I'm again you talk about shit journalism the stuff the other week about oh it's a tactic I might have you not realised that every single fucking time there's a fifth tackle option, someone has a blocker standing up the front? It's just a every team does it. It's literally <laughs> the dumbest argument I've ever heard. And uh, you know, well, Demetrio they've developed it. Ah, uh, yeah, they bring it up on purpose for the media. But the media, like, surely again, watch some football. It's something that they do at bloody park football. We do it. Everyone does it. Try and put a, a lead man or someone sort of just too wide of the ruck or something to try and give a bit of cover for your kicker. It's not rocket science, but definitely last time around he had a field day. 
He had fresh air. I don't think they put him down. I don't even think they really hit him. To be I, don't, I don't even think Parramatta. I don't even think Penrith had blockers against Parra last time. No, I just think they passed it to him, and he just. But their kick pressure was shit. Let's be. That's honest. what I'm so saying. It's, it's got to be bad. There was no pressure there. At Marty's all. probably your main. They didn't need blockers in terms of speed to get to him. Um, and Brown, they've all talked about. That's one reason they picked him. It's not the sole reason they would have picked Brown, um, but certainly that'll be one of his jobs when he gets on the field. But they need to do a much better job from marker or pressure from like say an A or a B. You know, that, that what that's what makes me think maybe they'll start Brown. You reckon? Just that they'll want to really that thing that's been working. Like, just yeah, really go hard at yeah, Cleary early. I, I don't know. I'm no, not, I'm not saying that's what no, they're going to do. I'm just saying. I'm that. just thinking about what the plan is with Brown, mm. and that that may be the plan. I don't I don't know. I think it's obvious what we want Cleary to do, and we know what he's going to do because we said it before the preview last time. Waka Blake is going to see those wobblers constantly. Anytime they get sort of anywhere in a position to put up a good kick, even if they're dropping it shallow like they did last time and giving up 10, 15 metres, they will not care. Mm. They will be making sure that he's having to come forward and catch those under pressure or the one catching them. And similar deal to what we're talking about with Staines, not so much for his high ball, which, again, they will be looking to get it Sevo one-on-one with him. But I will not be surprised if Gutherson, if they're on like that pendulum on the short side where he's closer a few times, will come across and try and take a few of those four one of like mm. will do their best to try and keep him away from being isolated in some of those situations. Yeah. Because he can definitely spill one. Um, but that's definitely going to be a tactic. We know... But Nath- Penrith, Penrith won't, particularly in good ball, Penrith won't set up and base the end of their set on being in a position to kick the blade. No, no. They'll play footy. Yeah. So I, I think more he's more got to worry about it, yeah, from halfway and probably full metre Coming out of line. yardage if they get a good spot mm. where you can throw one. He'll throw it shorter, like you said, just to get a crack at it. Yeah. Um, I think also, depending again what the weather's like, or even just in general, if it's if it does get into a cycle, I expect Nathan to kick early. They'll kick play four and they'll turn him around. I'd even just just to put something in Penrith's head. I'd even flip the wingers occasionally, just so they get to the other side of the field. Well, I was about to say to be on the change flip, it up a little bit. Uh, I think Sebo's got to drop in too. They didn't really test him last time. I think yeah. they're both you know less reliable than obviously Gustin is another high ball. They are. Yeah, Wong is the least reliable. Mix it up. I'd certainly be looking to pick on both of them. Or put Simonson back there. I think Simonson's pretty safe under the hobble. Like the last time, it was just that they got him so early, it just rolled downhill. He dropped four in the end, I think. He's certainly a confidence player. Yeah. Uh, The bench rolls, talking about that like we did before. Lemieux's stints through the finals have been really good. In particular, the one last week was good, but that 15-20 again, they just need moments out of him. Things from that that, that line break to the quick play of the ball, just do your job. He's the NOS for the four. Yeah, pack. exactly. Hold up for that 20. You know, Sorensen's Mr. Reliable. He's got enough footwork to make up for his size. He does a really good job. But I guess for their bench, you just want him to hold that momentum. You don't want him to give up anything when they get onto the field. And if Kenny does start, which, like I said, I, I wouldn't, but I think he will. And when he holds that role, similar deal. When those three are on, it's been the one thing for a lot of the year where I think it hasn't bothered Penrith because they haven't been behind. But if they're behind and those guys roll on, that does bother me. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said, there's a... There's a real underrated reliance on those two starters and yo. I don't think their bench would be as reliable if they were down in a game early or behind. Um, and I, you need them to hold, hold down and do their job. Well, so. they were behind last week, and the bench actually dug them out. Lenu just mm. certainly lifted. Yeah. Arpy was the big one. But like of I said, course, I just yeah. wouldn't put him on the bench. Yeah. Because I just think it instantly, like I said, had a knock-on effect to yo, mm. Harbs, etc. Um, but yeah, I think. Their bench has been doing a really good job, so you'd be hoping similar deal. Just hold down and do your job. Re- they'll be relentless on play one, two, no doubt, on those outside backs. They'll want to cycle for long periods, and they'll want to gas deals because 
they're not a team that likes to play stock start. They want to go, you know, same deal. Cycle, play with their forwards and hopefully win that sort of... I think a lot of it also is about the refereeing. Well, Ashley Klein's going to be the referee. Mm. He made that game stop start last week. He loves to put the first half, to his mouth. fucking ruined it. So if he does that for 80, Penrith are in trouble. Mm. Penrith want to get fatigued in here. And yeah. Paramount a similar deal. Probably not as good at that side of things, but they like to cycle if they're winning to their middles. Um, mm. and try and get on top and they did that a little bit to the Cowboys in the second half but I think something Penrith won't give that the Cowboys gave last week the Cowboys why well, I thought they did an outstanding job laying in play 1-2 and sort of building pressure they gave away I think four penalties to get let Parramatta out of their end mm. when they were getting on top of them um, that, that's something I just can't see Penrith doing Penrith won't give away shit penalties coming out of well they gave red. away a few last week Penrith yeah, well, early doors yeah I'd Again, mm. depends on the referee, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. I feel Klein, Klein is very streaky with his penalties as well. Yeah, like he'll, he'll, he'll disappear for ages. Yeah, but then he'll just hit the same side. Like he'll hit Penner for three or four, and then he'll hit Para for three or four. It's, mm. I, I, it, it genuinely shocks me that people in high places think he's the best referee in the game. Because well, I, 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 I think it's laughable that he they think he's the best referee in the game. Oh, I'd agree with you. And a lot of people are like, well, who would it have been? I'm like, well... I, I think Atkins is a 10 times better referee. No, so Atkins in the other final, I think, is a better ref. I reckon Adam G. G's is 20 times better referee. He's a pretty good referee. I was like, yeah, but we've said this anyway. before. I can't figure out the referee side of things, but yeah. That... Yeah, but they, they need to understand the impact that it has on the game. Well, clearly they don't. Yeah. Well, they don't, obviously. They had a press conference with the referee, which to me says enough Jesus. about what they think about referees. Shouldn't even know his name. Exactly. That's the point, because we're worried about the game, not the ref. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, that is really important for those cycles because last week, it's one of the rare games, and again, in a big moment, you obviously need to come up with it, but Parramatta withstood some back-to-back efforts and some repeat sets and some pressure and actually got through it, whereas Penner, same deal again. They will give, a, they'll want to do that in long periods and put even more pressure on and will probably do a better job of what the Cowboys, even more so than what the Cowboys did in terms of turning the screws, booting pressure, trying to trap and play one two cycle and then get back-to-backs or penalties or handcuffs and just try and build pressure in their end. Yeah. Um, so looking forward on that side of things. Hit Moses. They're, they're going to get after him. They're going to do exactly what they didn't do to Nathan the first week and clean, obviously. But um, no doubt, you know, if Martin gets a crack or somebody like that, I know they're opposite sides of the fields or kick it on the other side or put him on the ground. Fish last week was frustrating Ilias and Cody Walker. Grabbing them late, holding them up, holding their jerseys, just letting him know he was there. Yeah, they'll do that all day, in particular to Moses. Um, I've got no doubt about that. And um, yeah, I think the last point I had here is just everything I said before. Third grand final in a row, chance to go back to back, as healthy as you could possibly be. The complete opposite of last year. I think Penrith are in a really good place. So do I. So yeah. don't know if I've got much more. But I do think Parramatta have proven to be their kryptonite 100%. if they get the style of game. And they can play on the front foot. And that was the first point I had here for Parramatta. The two games early in the year, and obviously one was with Cleary getting binned, but I thought they were well on top in that game. They were, yeah, I agree. But the two things I found when I look back at those games, and I'm not big at stats, but they completed both those nights high 80s. Good discipline, matched him and all those things, and they just had some effort tries. Yeah. Like one of the first games is just an offload, and Guffin's there, and it's down short. Like there's there's just, one from just a down a short side. Yeah, there's just efforts and moments there mm. where they completed higher, low penalties, low di- errors, high discipline, and then uh, you tick all those boxes. You need that against penalties. If you don't have that, they'll tear you to pieces. Yeah. And we said that about South last week. They started off okay, 
But when they had some errors and things started to go against them, Penrith just slowly pulled them apart and cycled and, and benefited from their old discipline. And if Parramatta have one of those games or the half like they did the first half last week where they completed at 55%, they're not going to be going in at 12 all. They'll be going down 18-0 or something like that and they won't be getting out of that hole because Penrith will just strangle the shit out of them. Yeah. So yeah. that's probably the first point to touch on from those two games is exactly that. and um, That's a big thing for them. But for Parra, similar deal. Props, we know, is going to be huge minutes. Their bench stint. Maddo will give you that 55 or 60 with Oregon given 30-ish in that sort of stint where they transition. Brown... How they use him, I think it'll be, you know, like I said, similar role to what they've had for that other person who's been there, but he'll definitely be trusted more. I reckon he'll get maybe 20 unless they have an injury or they need more. Yeah. It'll just be a, a crazy power stint. I like it better than having one of the other two, but I think he could go one of two ways because he certainly got some fire in the belly. So I think it could be a real positive, but if he's over-emotional with everything that's been going on and being told that he can leave the club and everything else, I'm hoping it doesn't spill out in a negative way and he gives away a penalty or... You know, has a bit of a moment in his stint. Yeah, that's fair. So that's probably one thing I'd say because he can be a ticking time bomb. Good, love it. Um, but eight weeks in on the sideline, now he's playing a great final. Cannot. I'm very interested to see what side of stint he has when he gets out on the field. Because mm. if anyone's going to make shit a rap, I think he could be the one um, yeah. to get something off. There too. are also some scars there. Like Penrith ended their season last year. Yeah. The benefit of the week one game is Parramatta always knew in the back of their head they had a second bite. Yeah. This is. For all the marbles. This is it. I think you're going to see a di- just a different level of emotion in Parramatta. And that's the key word for him. He's, he's emotional mm-hmm. at the best of times, but Matt, all the circumstances yeah, that are going on. There's going to be a, an appetite for payback based on some of that hurt that I was hope caused so. last I want, I want to see an awesome game. Mm. That, I, I feel as though they they felt like they were robbed in that game last year. Yeah, I think And there were probably too. some elements where they were. but And a third string nine, and mm. they had a busted that they probably look at that and think they let that one go. Yeah. That, they really. Now's their time to. You know, rewrite yeah. it. Not rewrite it, but... No, take you know, advantage. Yeah. They're similar deal. They've done it the harder way, but... Take this opportunity. They're in as good a position as they're going to be, probably squad-wise as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of long-term injuries or people coming into the game, you know, there's no one really missing for them that they would really want on the field. Opacek was out for a bit and in for a bit, so replacing him with Simonson's, I think, you know, they're not yeah. losing a whole lot. It's not a critical loss. Agree. Um, and there, Arthur was the other one we talked about. He's purely there... Similar to Salmon, unless they lose someone in the halves or at nine, he's not going to be getting on the field unless they have a glory lap, game's done or something of that regard. So, purely cover as well. Yeah. Um, start well, simple for them. They have to start well. If they don't start well and they get in a bit of a hole, I think they're probably a better team at playing loose and chasing points. But again, if you have that risk-reward footy against someone like Penrith and you start making errors and getting new discipline and chasing points, it's not going to end up well for you. So for me, particularly again, if Penrith go with that Kenny thing, Three-prong attack with Murata, Paulo, RCG, just slamming Penrith's middle. Um, starting with Agro, winning that middle, hammering that and just weather that sort of storm and win that territory and field position battle against their middle if they do go with Kenny and get that second phase going. That, that last week, first half, they only had a handful of offloads. Second half, I think they popped 10-plus and it broke them down the same as it broke the Raiders down. Penrith will scramble clean things up and do a lot better job but not letting that ball go but I think yeah they have to start well with their middles and I think they need second phase agree yeah uh, the bench similar point again when that rolls in I think now that they've got Oregon and Madison who brings a point of difference a lot of that short passing last week chain passing worked out well for them then Brown I think it's a better three a better trio they've got um, in terms of bringing leg speed aggro and a point of difference and 
particularly Madison. Yeah, I, impact. I, Madison's role last week was severely underrated. A couple of those short passes that he come up with, he summed up, uh, you know, the Sinbin situation where Chad's jammed in, and because he used to be a half, simple tip in and outside. He had a couple of times there where he had half line breaks or line breaks. He set up playing through the middle, three or four offloads himself, 170 meters. Like he's just super effective because mm. he's got so many strings to his bow and. Same well, deal. if he can yeah. keep doing that and playing real deep, yeah, and then if he's able to flick it out the back to Brown or to get those guys Moses, running. you're going to get those guys running, and that's exactly it. Mm. That's the point. I think off the back of that, in their middles. I think the one thing we didn't see enough of last time, week one, was Gutherson barely made any inroads. Dylan Brown only had a handful of runs. Moses didn't run at all. Yeah, they need their middles to win because at the end of the day, I think their two most dangerous runners are Brown and Moses. You saw what happens against Canberra when they win the middle and they can offload and move the football. Yeah. Dylan Brown went for 300 plus. They're not playing the Canberra Raiders, mind you, but they, if they're going to win this comp. It has to have an element of Moses and Dylan Brown running the football. Of course. And that only happens and one way. And playing on the front foot. Exactly. And it only happens one way. Um, and that's through those big middles. But I think Madison was a real underrated piece of a lot of what happened last week. And um, yeah, that short chain passing, I'd like to see a little bit more of that, especially. Uh, if they can, and just try and open them up there. I think, no doubt, it doesn't matter which hook is on the field, but they're going to try and spot those guys up. Arpy, again, he's not afraid of throwing himself in front, but he's a bit smaller. I think I'd be just trying to gas him and give plenty of traffic at him and give him a real workout. Lua, someone that you can get out. Like, Nath will defend well, but he's also, again, you want to get at him when you get the opportunity. Yeah. Just try and wear those I'm guys gonna, down. I'm going to make one of them, or probably Nathan, I'd like him to make 40 tackles. Yeah. Like Melbourne did doing early in his career, I think they played a game there. He made forty-four tackles. Yeah, well, he's the one. He, he might he might be just as good. Yeah, but he's the I'm one. I'm certainly going to work him over. Hundred percent. And you know, with what they've got at him, they've got that edge where they've got Lane and Dylan Brown. Dylan does a fantastic job of getting deep in a line and isolating halves. Yeah, and um, I'm going at Coruscant. Really well. pressure him. So I think that, and then yeah, when Coruscant's on to take that fuel out of him, probe, and I just want to hammer him. I want to get Paulo, RCG, those guys just rolling. Straight into him, trying to get elbows, knees into him, and just fucking really bash him up. But um, just get his work rate up. Yeah, hundred percent. I think similar deal to that. Like both their back rows are brilliant. I, I really want to bash those halves. Papa Lee's powerful. Lane's very good with those offloads. They've both got second phase or ability to break. Um, and similar deal to that. Just that there are your opportunities if you can get there with a good middle to generate quick play the balls and momentum. Yeah. And they're off the back of that. I want to see what we saw last week. Their halves. Game one, did not link enough, did not do enough. They wasted too many play the balls yeah. against Penrith. When they play coast to coast and they link up, that, that that play they ran, I think it was the Raiders game, where it was almost like a an out ball and it went across the face of the fullback and hit Dylan. Like, their halves need to play together. They're going to yeah. have to throw more than their simple stuff. They're going to have to come up with a few things, I think, against Penrith if they want to break them down. But too often when they link up together, they've got Gutherson there as well, which makes them three-prong. But it leaves the short side dead and, you know, no one's accountable on the short side. Mm. So I like it when Gutherson jumps down that short side, can hold a defender there. Yeah, try and And then in. link up with your two halves because they can all run. Mm. So just mix up that look. I think it just makes it very, very easy for Penrith to get defensive numbers right. When you, Dylan Edwards looks up and sees Brown, Moses and Gutherson, well, where are you putting your extra defender? Yeah, I think that Papa Lee mm. matchup with Kikau is outstanding, but similar deal. Who or use it? Madison as your link. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He can certainly fill that role. Mm. Um, again, he gets deep in the line. You have to be accountable for him, which should open things up for him to be able to run. But I think Papa Lee will be used similar to Kikau as his lane, but 
Moses likes jumping those short sides, as does Brown. If they can call the same deal, lay up on one of those guys and surge, I think no doubt they'll do it. Yeah. Um, if you get the chance. And I think particularly the other side of the field with Crichton and Stain. Stain's got caught in no man's land last week on a shift. I think if they can lay up on that other side of the field with Brown and Lane and then Brown sweep around, or Gutherson, like you're saying, that that would be a good spot with Sevo and Stain's trying to get one-on-ones down there. Yeah. And if you can win the middle and get those earlier matchups, no doubt, again, they're going to want to get Sevo at Stain's as much as possible inside 10, 15, 20. Yeah. Um, and then probably in the next point on that, similar deal. For kicking game or for, for yardage, Sevo to me has to lift. I think big time. He is too big a human. He just has to fucking go postal in this game. He has weeks where he sort of gets in there, or he has one or two big carries per game. He needs to take a page out of Toto's book or someone else. Have a look in the mirror and realize he's a fucking man mountain. Yeah. Wanga Blake gets physical uh, when you know. Obviously, he can hold the ball and Penasini. These guys help out, but. To me, Sevo really underutilizes his best asset, which is his body. Yeah. And he needs to fucking throw himself into this game and help them out of the back end of the field because Penrith will be absolutely relentless like we talked about, play one too. So he has to lift and help in yardage. Kicks, I've already spoke about it. Cover and support for Waka. I think whenever they can, Gutherson and those sort of blokes, where they can, will try and take pressure off him. If there's a pendulum where they're on a short side and he's close enough, I have no doubt in my mind he'll be trying to cover some of those kicks for him. Yeah, but for him, same deal. I think you get one early, you just got to get some confidence, get under it. He said this week, you can't prepare for it. You just have to. When they drop in, you just have to see what happens. I disagree with him. You got Mitchell Moses has got a fair kick. He might be doing some extra practice during the week with some wobblers. So I'd be trying to do something, yeah, definitely. rather than just saying I'm going to see what happens on the day. And um, that doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. But <laughs> I've got no doubt that he's going to be. Uh, yeah, they're going to be trying to cover for him wherever they can, impossible. But on Moses as well. Early and long on the kicks, I think similar deal. They need to do a Penrith two Penrith where they can. If they ever feel stuck or like they're losing that battle, if they can kick early and try and expose Edwards or try and kick to the open, game one, he almost popped him for a 40-20. Edwards come up with a great save and May got caught in the end goal. Like if, if you ever get an opportunity where you just feel like you're sort of losing that cycle, he's got a huge boot. He has to unleash. Um, and his kicking game similar to Clear. We know they're going to be doing 90% of the kicking for their teams. Um in particular, like I said, that important stuff. Last week, he chopped a few and he had some inside pressure. Uh, I think this week, again, obviously, he's not going to be looking to do that. And then within good ball, same deal, isolating Charlie Staines. That matchup with Sevo should be something they look to take advantage of. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Sears yeah, yeah, couldn't yeah. really get it last week, but if they can get any good field position and attack somebody, is obviously very competitive in there. He can come up with an error, but you know he's going to compete for it. I think Sevo on Staines is absolutely gold if you can try and drop one on his head um, and they'll be looking for that at all costs and I think the other one's just repeats uh, a few times there with Dylan in the line in the last game they got a couple of repeats Moses' a short kicking game came into play if they've got him caught up in the line or they feel they can build some pressure on Penrith I wouldn't be kicking anywhere in the first three plays but say play four he's still in the line and you think you got him out of position um, and you think you can roll one in I think again you have to chance your arm in some respects. I'd probably rather them do it inside 20 there if they feel they can get a result. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I think other points we've sort of already touched on, but reverberate the other way. They can't hold off Yo. Like you said, I know it has to come down to Coruscant and you have to be accountable to him and hit him and pressure him, but there's, there's just it's so multifaceted. If you go too hard at Yo and you're aggressive, you sort of open your room to be played back through the drain. If you're passive on him, they'll play wide early and they'll get straight to your edges, which gives Yo that option, pass, run, dip back in, play early to the halves. 
Um, but I think him in particular, when Coruscant is on, they need to do a better job hunting from the inside, the negative side, to make sure that they don't get those one-on-ones in time and space they did mm. get on that first week um, in terms of playing it in. But, yeah, um, we'll look at some other things here. Halves as well, obviously, just hitting those halves. Don't give Luai time to skip and play or cut back in on the negative. Nath, middle service, just make sure they've got plenty of pressure on the kick pressure, obviously, the real big key point there, and just I think the summer well, they need to shut Dylan Edwards down. Yeah, that's what they need. Out of yardage, yeah. He, his influence on kick return last week was underestimated, I think. Well, once they warmed up, those two were outstanding. Mm. Him and Tai were two hundred plus meters apiece. Yeah, um, and just eating them alive. But I think the, the sort of summary I finished up with here is they just can't waste plays. They wasted a lot last time with those one outs, and I know it works against some teams, and they got a result last week where they really like to run those double leads in close because they've got those big middles and try and crash somebody in. They got a result with Oregon the first time around, but I felt for that period where they had repeats, field position opportunities, they just did that too much. You've got to come up with more than sort of that double lead or trying to isolate somebody. Yeah. Um, it may get you a result here or there. If you see something, I can kind of understand it, but I just felt against a team like that that you know is not going to give you a whole lot, you've got to throw more than double leads constantly. Yeah, of course. Or crash plays, so... For them, it's that balance. I've said that they need to be disciplined and have another one of those games where they're 85% plus and lower or low penalty, but at the same time, they're also going to have to risk-reward risk at stages and be who they are, yeah. which is a team that has the most offloads in the competition, um, and they do like to push that side of things. And Having a look in those regards, again, not big on stats, but they, they match up so well on so many things. These two teams are one and two in possession in the competition. They're one and two in completions, one and two in post-contact meters, all kick meters, all kick return meters. Like they, they match up in basically all those areas. Yeah. And across the park, I think you'd say the same. Both got really good halves. Crafty nines, they give an advantage to Penrith in that area. Great forward packs, you know, really good back rowers. Outside backs, maybe a slight advantage again to Penrith, and they've got points of difference on their bench. So I just think this is a great game of football. Yeah, it is. It's a really good game of football. Um, but yeah, the, the only one real point of difference I found between the two was obviously Parramatta is first and offload. So if they can win the middle and generate some broken play and get their halves running, I think that's a huge key for them. Yeah, well, every offload you have in a set, it's like making that set a seven tackle set. Mm. And that's an extra play. Penrith on the flip side are the least errors in the competition. Mm. So they're going to give you nothing if they play their best football. They yeah. could have their worst day, but saying on the flip side of it, they're the, they're the team that's going to strangle and be the most relentless. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, I think all those sort of things just bah, can't waste plays. Halves have to link, have to run the football. Second phase, just yeah, use those back rows, work off that forward pack, and it's that balance between risk and reward and pressure Cleary all day. But you just, last time I can't remember him being touched or put on the ground. I really can't. No. Um, and, Particularly early, he wasn't. Yeah, like I said, Paulo, RCG, and that forward pack, I think have been. Outstanding. So if they turn up and do their job, um, it's it's on the spine. And they've been doing the job during the finals. I think they've really, really been outstanding. Um, so looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be good. But yeah, that on top of that, what Brown can do and what Moses can do. And there's been a lot of talk, 36 years for Parramatta, talk about Moses since he left delivering, talk about Brown, you know, a lot of clubs interested like this. Yeah, there's a lot of stories around this. And then the players that are moving on for Parramatta. Um, this is a big opportunity. But we've sort of arrived at that time to give uh, some predictions. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with the True Blue 
Aussie bookie. And for the NRL Grand Final, if you back either the Panthers or the Eels head-to-head, if they lead it by six or more at halftime, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner. Up to $100 in winnings. Lead by six at halftime, you win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. We'll do what we always do. Who do you think is going to win and by how much? I've got the Panthers by 10. Yep, I'm going... The, I hope it's. I hope it goes to Golden Point and it's yeah, tight. I'm but, exactly the same as mm. you. Um, I've got the Panthers by eight. Similar deal. I, uh, yeah, I just uh, there's a lot around Parramatta this week, and I'm excited for it. And I'm hopeful, like similar to you, that we get another Brisbane Cowboys. As or, as a neutral, I actually hope Parramatta win. Mm, I think a lot of people are on that because, like you for, said, for, as a rugby league fan, mm. I think it'd be it'd be great. To be in the stadium when Parramatta break that yeah. curse. We but saw it with South. We saw I, it with the Sharks. We saw the Cowboys win their first premiership. And we know... Yeah. Who do I think? I think... Penrith. Penrith, comfortably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think we've said this before. Your wife asked us about why is everyone sort of on that Parramatta side. And it's the same case like we said. When the Roosters are winning, everyone's sick of the Roosters winning or the Storm winning and now yeah. Penrith. Are Penrith are, there's a bit of Penrith fatigue out there, yeah. So like everyone, when someone's on top, people want to see them get knocked off. Yeah. And then also the story. A lot of people are big on this story because it is the longest drought besides those two teams who haven't won a comp in their history in the Warriors and the Titans. Yeah. It's the longest NRL drought. Raiders are second, I think, at 28 years. But Parramatta, as I said in one of the earlier shows, I call them Brock because you were born year of the year. That's stupid So your shit. lifespan right now is Parramatta. You should have told her, stop watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians and turn NRL 360 on. You'll <laughs> learn everything you need to know about rugby league. I don't know about that. Spot on. But... I'll just I'll educate you, if, mate. If you listen to Buzz, mate, you'll learn everything you need to know. Mm. Um, so we're both on Penrith in that regard. Who is your first try score? should have said, Nicole, the answer's a pineapple. It's a pineapple. The first, first, first try. Yeah. Jeez. Well, we're usually on the back rows here, but I, I've gone top. Uh, but I've already had a tenner. Why top? They're left side heavy. I think that's where they're going to try and go. Um, Wanga Blake, Penasini over there, they've conceded most of their points on that edge. And I think, again, that sort of set up with trying to get to the right and play alongside there and get at Moses and jam kick out in a puppet league. You might get a bit happy and expose that edge. So I've gone to her. Uh, I'll go kick out. Yep. And I was about to say that. That's my two bet. We say every year put $10 on every back row. We get on the back rows. So I had a tenner already on kick out and puppet league. I got varying odds. I'd be going, yeah, lane. It's a bit shorter, but. So you go and kick out first? Kick out lane, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the man of the match, I think the obvious one for everybody, and his odds are ridiculously short. No, I'm not going clear. I don't, I don't think nah. it, I don't think it'll be clear. I've got I've gone Edwards or Coruscant. Yeah, and I think if you want value, there you, there you too, and I'm I'm on Dylan Edwards as well. I think last year Clear was basically perfect and if he had any A bit of the yo buzz has gone out. Like I feel like he's sliding under the radar. I think just again a little bit. what he does is a little bit underappreciated now mm. because Clear and those guys that were missing earlier are now obviously back in and But if he lot. could have an influence and score a try mm. or set one up. I feel like no, maybe. I think he was definitely gonna set one up. Well, he... But if he could actually crash over and score Big chance. Yeah, big chance. Yeah, I'm similar to you. If you value I think it's one of those three Particularly I'll... if he scores and sets one up, and Penrith only score three tries. Mm. It's a low-scoring game. I like Edwards. The, the, the more high-scoring it is, you're thinking that Cleary's going to have the try assist, so you, you then lean to him. Mm. A, a low-scoring game, I think, leans more Edwards Yo. I think a high-scoring game leans more Coruscant Cleary. Yeah. Well, we've gone or with... on the on the flip, you know, the, the same positions for Parra. 
yeah. high scoring, you know, you're thinking, um, you're thinking, you know, Moses Gutherson yeah. Brown. Well, on their In side a low scoring these... game, you're thinking, you know, a Mahoney or a, one of the front rowers. Yeah, or same deal. If one of the props or one of the back rowers, like a Papa Lee, who just has a huge work, like, gets a try and yeah. ugly game and makes 40 tackles at 180 metres or Madison. You need to base your prediction for the game around who you think is going to be the Churchill. You just play the game out how you think it's going to play out and then who you think that's going to suit from a playing perspective. Mm. So the odds for this one with bluebet.com.au, Penrith are $1.36 favourite. The Eels, $3.15 outsiders. The line is sitting at 8.5, 1-12 Panthers, two ninety four thirty five for Para. 13 plus Panthers, two thirty five nine dollars $9 for Parramatta. The over-under, 38.5. Um, anytime, like we said, you can get pretty good odds around a lot of those guys. But first, Toto's the favourite. $8, Sevo for Parramatta is their first one at 10 for the centres. Uh, $12 a piece on that side of things. We talked about the back rowers. Kikiao's the shortest price back row, no surprise. He is $15. I think Penasini has been first try scorer in like four of their last six games. He's 21. Um, and then you're looking at those other back rowers like you talked about. Liam Martin is next up at 26, 29. For Sean Lane. And I can't see a price for Isaiah Papalee, but I'm assuming he'd be shorter than Lane um, in terms of their anytime try scorers. But yeah, looking at those sort of markets, I think you get some pretty good value if you like any of what we're after. The Clive Churchill, Nathan Cleary just keeps getting backed in. He's at 290 now with bluebet.com.au. Edwards has come in, he's now at 7. Moses is the first eel at $9. Yo is at 11 Gutherson, 13 Coruscant, 17 And Dylan Brown, 19 Probably pretty good value. But yeah, if you think, like you said, it turns into a... If it's wet on the day and looks like it could be an ugly day, like it says it's supposed to not rain, but if it's wet and a bit messy, I think there's value around guys like Marnie, Madison, Campbell, Gillard, or maybe one of the props, like you said. Mm. Um, they're all sort of listed here and high odds, so, you know. Fish at 26, Madison 29, Marnie at 34, um, Papa Lee $41. Like, he's been outstanding for them. If he has one of his big days and it's a wet game or an ugly game, that's pretty bloody good value, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some markets there on those and our breakdown of how we think things are going to play out. But overall, I guess just, yeah, I think Penrith, it's. Just a really good opportunity. Like it's obviously history for Parramatta and a lot there as well. But yeah, last year I was very confident and they were in a really really bad place in terms of health. I think when you have a year like they've had and you get to this point and you're in the situation they are and you've been able to rest and roll through and blood so many guys and get to this point in the in the state they're in. If if they weren't to win, they'll be bitterly disappointed. Mm. Bitterly disappointed. It'd be a very a very big missed opportunity given where they're at. Absolutely. Um, and similar deal, I know you could say everything on the flip side for Parramatta. Guys moving on, 36 years, this, that, and the other. But, yeah, um, I guess the one thing, if you're a Parramatta fan, like I said, they're, they're the one team that's given Penrith trouble. So, great matchup. Super excited for this one, the Battle of the West. And, yeah, can't wait to watch this game of football. Can't wait, Matt. Quick chat about the other two games. You obviously got uh, the women's game. You got the Knights up against... The Parramatta Eels, who found a way to get in uh, 
late there with a win and then they've upset the Roosters. I like Newcastle on this one. I think the way they bought and what they've done, um, to p- particular Upton, Millie Boyle, and then their own local front row, Caitlin Johnston, she's been outstanding. Um, I think they were very unlucky not to beat the Roosters when they did play them and it was a great result for Parramatta last week. But I, if anyone's interested in anything for that one uh, in terms of betting, I like Newcastle, probably Upton to score, and then on the power side, Broughton, Gail Broughton, the other fullback. Or if you want a bit of sneaky value, I think Caitlin Johnston's crashed over a few times. She's six fifty. So hmm. get on the front row in the women's game. It's they score a lot more often than what they do in the men's game. So maybe a bit of value there on that one. And that's where I'll be going. And the state championship, we've got the Norse Devils up against the the Penrith Reserve Grade. A pretty big change. I don't know if it will happen on the day, but. They've got O'Sullivan as the 18th man for the Panthers, so he's not named to play in the state championship. Mm. So Kurt Falls pushes into the seven, and young Jack Cole, who won the flag player of the year, who has been playing off the bench or in the centres for Panthers, has moved into six. Do you think that will have enough of an effect on them no. against the Devils? Or no. still red hot with Hopgood, no. right. yeah. Smith, Eisenhuth, Lindsay? Like their back line's red hot. Jennings, Jenkins, it's, it's a very good Penrith team. Yeah, I agree. Um, then we said it last week, I think. They will be winning, I would imagine. The odds on that one or the line, which I was interested in, uh, with bluebet.com.au, they're $1.28 Penrith. Minus 12.5 is the line. So essentially 13 plus, you're $1.90. $1 to 12, $3. Devils outside is three sixty five. dollars um, $1 to 12, $4.85, 12 there. If there's any value, I think it's in the try scorers um, and what you kind of get there. And there's a few guys, you know, the top try scorer. This season was was Tom Jenkins, so you know first try scorer market. He's sixteen dollars, but any time if you can get him sort of in a multi or find some value there, he was the leading try scorer. He's three dollars to score any time. Mm. Um, you know Jennings on the other field just as much. Taruv is the shortest favourite on the left side. He scored last week, but yeah, I think that there's some I mean, value there. Everyone in the back line might get a try for Penrith. Yeah, well, the other one, he crashed over eight or nine times during the year because he certainly does a good job, I think, of digging in the line and showing and going. Jermaine Hopgood, 450. Yeah. So. Um, Scored a double against us. I think there's a good good value in him. For the Devils, like, uh, yeah, I just think this year it was a huge effort to win under the circumstances they did. They lost McGrady with an injury that he came up with last week. Tyrant Roberts is out as well, who played. Also, so similar deal. Two key sevens have pulled out for both teams for this game. Yeah. So that's going to hurt them. They're powerful out of the backfield. Tony Tamusa, good carry. And, um, you know, they've got a couple of forwards there. Pulu, who played some NRL. Sears, Auras in the system. But I, I think um, I like Penrith for this one a lot. Yep. So odds there, like you said, heavy favourites with bluebet.com.au. And the, and the Newcastle girls, Sorry, as I said before, their odds, uh, I think they started off as a favourite, sort of stayed the same with bluebet.com, but either $1.45. The uh, Eels girls are two seventy five, six and a half the line there. So, yeah, there you go. Preview of grand final day. There you go, mate. You excited, mate? I am. Yeah, we've we got, got some absolute belter seats. We got fucked last year with COVID. They took it away from us. Yeah. It's the first time we haven't gone in, what was it here, almost 20 years. Yeah, I think for is. me it would have been my 15th or 16th in a row. So we're on a bit of a streak. We couldn't help that, obviously, because it's basically for a whole bunch of reasons we couldn't go to Queensland. But yeah. heartbreaking. I was really keen to obviously go. It's my favourite sort of thing. And we do we do it every year, but we're back. And like you said, we got belter seats. 
Absolute crazy. In our allocation this year, so we're very, very happy about that. Um, fan questions. Want to rip in? Yeah, let's do some fan questions. We A lot of people disappointed this went away, but again, it was more a time thing when we used to start a lot earlier. But if we, we wouldn't be doing these at one in the morning. We wouldn't be uh, very productive, but perfect time. I think we're going to get a, th- we got a million of them. Yeah, I'm not surprised because, like I said, we haven't done them like we used to do them every single week. It's obviously a different point in time, but let's kick it off. We'll jump onto the Facebook page before we go to the discussion group. Jamie Darton said, great recommendation on the league on Disney+. Plus. What's next? And also, I think you lads would do a great Richie or Tony Gregg impersonation. Keep well, up what a catch. What, what a, a catch. catch. Two for 22. Two, two, two. I do Tony Gregg a lot at work because I love doing the South African accent. But Richie, between me, me and you, a grudge is no more than a place to park your car. Yeah. Twelfth Man. Twelfth Man was great. The greatest. Yeah, good. You got any other TV recommendations? Yeah, The League. Uh, what was the one you said the other day? Blackbird? Yeah, a few people got on to Blackbird. People have been talking about Dama. I watched the shorts. Um, I think I spoke about it. Shit. The American Gigolo or whatever. I mean, American Gigolo, that's, yeah. that's pretty good. I've seen the shorts for that. I'm still um, going to bring it up. I don't care what, how old it is, right? It got, so I said it to you What's today. the one with... Yeah, keep going. Rolling Stone voted on the 100 TV shows of all time. And number one for them, they did this a while back, is still The Sopranos. I don't care how old it is. If you haven't watched The Sopranos, get onto it. I've watched it twice through now after cutting it onto you when you were still living with us years ago. And you were watching it. And I watched the back end. I've watched it twice I've, through. I've, I've never rewatched a series ever in my entire life. I, have. I, I don't rewatch anything. Sopranos is fucking But that I've rewatched several, several times. Mm. So. Hang on, I want to find this TV show. Yeah, go to the next question. Yeah. Craig Sharp says, given transfers, which team has the most upside for improvement next year? Well, I don't have the list in front of me, Craig, but off the top of my head, I don't really think there's many teams I can see outside the eight coming into the eight. I think the bigger question is who, who could fall out of the eight. Right, the the show is We Own This City. Oh, yeah, that's the makers of The Wire. We Own This City. And The Wires are also a great show if you that's, haven't watched it. That's on HBO. So there you um, go. Yeah, honestly, Anything Craig, power as well. I'm watching all the powers. I'm up to date on Yeah, here. I got onto power, but power, I didn't watch it as really Power Book 2, Power Book 3, Power Book 4, Power Book fucking 50. I'll watch all of yeah, them. 50 print money with Love power. It. Um, yeah, team with the most upside for next year? I think the Bulldogs probably bought the best out of the team. Are outside. we talking based on recruitment or just based on who we think's going to Given transfers, improve. but yeah, yeah I, transfers. I, I don't think many. I don't think many are going to really make West, I think West Tigers will improve. With Coruscant well, and Papalia, if Papalia is coming, I think that's. And I think Sheens will do a good job. Yeah, I'll, he'll get a he'll get a lift out of him. I think the Bulldogs bought well and finished the year well, so there'll be some expectation. Yeah. But if you're asking me, I, I just yeah, I think there'll be more upside in teams like the Cowboys, who are losing basically nobody, got a lot further than what you would have thought this year, and will continue to improve. So I even think someone like Parramatta. You think I know they're losing they're a few, out. but. You don't realise what you've got until you have to use it. And sometimes... Well, the one I'm most interested in is Hodgson with them because Hodgson... I, I like Hodgson. It needs to be healthy. Mm. And I think he needs to realise with that... He, there was problems at the back end with Canberra with the disconnect of him wanting to be the dominant playmaker, like who was sort of running the shop. If he goes there, he's healthy and gets back to early Canberra where he just... Good service, good defender. He offered a kick out of dummy half and he feeds those forwards and he probes a little bit off the back of it, doesn't try to do everything for dummy half, I think he'll be a great asset to those halves. Um, but yeah, Hopgood's going over there. I think he'll be good for them. I think he's sort of been underused where he is, but he's got Yo in front of him, so no surprise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think 
Murata, Papali'i, Reid Marnie, big losses, but a healthy Hodgson, it just depends where that, he gets back like, to. Parramatta are going to have to use that Elia Elzakayim next year. Do you think so? Yeah, who, well, who else is going to play back row? Bryce Cartwright. Well, who else have they bought? I don't they've really bought anyone else, have they? Well, Lane obviously feels in one spot. I, I don't mind that. He played against us. Madison Hopgood might get a lock. Madison could get on edge if they wanted him to. But I, I, I think I, I quite liked him. I thought he went good. Uh, I, I think they've got some good players in their reserve grade that they're going to want to blood through and see what they've got before they go and recruit over the top of them. So, yeah, I think it's not all doom and gloom for Parramatta. No, but you think they can be in the same position? Yeah, I do. 12 months time? I do, I do yeah. Even with losing Murata? I do, yeah. yeah. My biggest one's, I think, Hodgson. I just don't know how healthy um, he can stay. I hope he does because he's a great player when he does. But if you're talking purely off recruitment, kick out and Mahoney on top of what they did at the back end of the year, uh, you know, a pretty big positive. But, like, obviously no one's gained more than the Dolphins. They're starting from scratch. I think Verrill's and foreign goodbyes for the Titans. It just depends, like you said, can they defend? They've had the eight year before. If they fix their, their D up, I think those two will certainly help. But um, I think Melbourne signed well, but again, it's, it's sort of a new new era. The Warriors had a lot of ins and outs. Um, but yeah, looking at everyone who's sort of gained a loss, yeah, the, the Parramatta side are going to have to obviously fill, like you said, that back row spot, nine and somewhere else in their forward pack. Oregon Kafusi moves on as well, so there's going to be a few guys that are going to have to sort of move in and then they've told obviously Brown to move on so interested to see what happens with Brown but yeah no one else is really recruited a lot of teams have only got one or two signings tote so there's not not as much movement as what you'd usually expect mm. um, some have only got one I think Raiders have only got one Broncos got a couple I think Sharks have only got one they've upgraded internally but yeah I think Titans are at one if you talk appeal of transfers and the Dogs two spine players and the Dogs obviously two guys that are playing the grand final on the weekend. Yeah, right. So, but yeah, I, I thought about this today because somebody said who, who's likely to push in from outside the eight and I sort of thought I, I find it hard to see anyone really going out of the eight if you're being honest, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Even man, they're getting turbo back. They've lost a lot more than what's going in the door there again and he's just a ticking time bomb for injury. Um, so, yeah, not, not too sure about that one but We'll see what happens. Thanks, Craig. Luke Shibby Bowden says, what has Ivan got to do in order to win the coach of the year for the Daily M? Well, oh, we talked about this the other night, though. Depends what way you want to look at it. Todd Payton thought the, the Daily M, he got the Daily M. It's... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spoke for five hours. <laughs> well, on the plus side. <laughs> thank the board. L- thank everyone. At least he put more of a sentence together than a lot of them do. A lot yeah, of them I, I, yeah, nah, I get that. Yeah. He spoke well, but I get it. He did go for a while. I didn't think it was going to be that long, but... Yeah, I'd like we, to thank the board. We, we gave I'd like our, to thank the Uber driver. We gave our thoughts about this out. It depends how you want to award it. If you're going to award off expectations, I think he was well and truly above where everyone thought. People were giving him the spoon. Yeah. Um, but if you're giving it off the year, well, yeah, Ivan's, you know, three grand finals in a row. It's pretty bloody good effort. So 
Yeah, just all based on how you want to look at that one. Chris Smith says, based on Mitchell Moses in the prelim, uh, he was dreadful when his team was buying, amazing when his team is ahead. Who's the best player in the game when their team is ahead? And who's the best at dragging their team back into a game? And uh, Chris Smith, one of the listeners, wrote under it that he thinks Moses is great when he's ahead and Jerome Hughes is great when his team's behind. They bring his team back in. I think there's plenty of teams that are great front runners. I think that's just a given. Anyone feels good about themselves. Yeah, I think Moses is a very good front runner. Yeah, I think most... So is Cody Walker. Yeah. There too. I'd agree with that. Um, Yeah, from behind or teams digging things out. Hughes certainly got us back into a few games I think Nathan Cleary is very good when he's behind. Well, they proved it last week, didn't they? They kicked and strangled and composed. Um, They certainly did a good job. I think, yeah, Melbourne have done pretty good. In the past, dragging themselves back in. But yeah, I think Hughes was good for us a few times this year when we were down in games. At finding a moment, didn't necessarily win them uh, all the time, but he certainly puts himself in the frame. But yeah. I think James Tedesco is very good when you're behind as well. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there, that's for sure. Um, thanks for that one, mate. Mark Hendel, how do the Panthers replace Arpy as a creator out of dummy half next year? Sonny Luke. Kenny's a good defender, but no spark in attack. Well, it's going to have to be the balance between those two. Kenny will probably do that dirt work that we're talking about now, and Sony comes on. Your problem with Sony is, and we saw it the other week, um, when he played in that Raiders game, he gets spotted up because he's quite small. So Who cares? They'll have to defend around him, but he certainly brings a spark out of yeah. dummy half. But those two combined, definitely, I still I think I'm going to have the impact. Get some bodyguards for him. He gives you so that. much offensively. Mm, 100%. But I think, I think next year they'll get a real feel. How important Arpy Didn't you just only just win man of the match on the weekend in the cup grand final? I think they gave it to him that yeah. one, yeah. So those two will be a combo next year. But it's too good for New South Wales Cup. Sony certainly brings spark. You believe he was playing Ron Massey last year? It's ridiculous. Oh, I can't believe it took this long for him to get there. But Jason Johnson, is O'Brien the problem at the Knights, or is this simple, a season simply a result of letting Pierce go of no replacement? Yeah, a bit of both. And then a few others have said the follow up to that is it becoming untenable with all the issues that have come up and what do they need to do to turn things around with so I, many I don't contracts. think Adam O'Brien's helping himself publicly. No. The public perception is he's lost control and he doesn't have an answer mm. because he talks too much and he waffles and when he waffles, he doesn't have the answer. Yeah, and I think for them, similar deal. It, it's like he's publicly trying to justify why they're not going well. Just it, it started, say nothing. It started with the Ponga stuff at the start of the year. That, that was the circus. Well, and in the end of the year as well. Letting Pierce go, and that's what I was talking about. I think they've made the wrong choice, in my opinion, giving him the deal that they did and having him around. Yeah. But Adam Elliott's coming there off the back of a good year. Hetherington, so they're getting a couple of hard heads in. Frizzell, the Clemmer situation, he's saying <laughs> now he wants to say, so we're not going to know until they get back. But most importantly, they need a fucking halfback. Yeah. Um, they're talking about Brooks again. Some people have talked about Jackson Hastings going there and being like, uh, I don't know, but they need to get half that. If they yeah. don't have a seven, it's not going to get any better. The Clifford thing is unresolved. Clune's not fixing your problem there. Um, and yeah, talk of putting Ponga in the halves and putting someone else at fullback. Well, you had Tex or you let him go. So that would be naturally someone you would put at fullback if you moved him into the halves. Yeah. And then Bailey Hodgson, who they signed, who's Josh Hodgson's cousin, was injured and hasn't played any NRL because he come from the English Super League. I, I just don't know how they'd reshuffle that and make it work. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, we had a big rant about this not long ago, but I think if things aren't looking good the first six to eight weeks there, it'll come to a head pretty quickly. But Newcastle sort of looks like they're heading back into a bit of an average patch. And, yeah, uh, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out over the next year. But this 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 halfback situation, they have to get somebody. I don't know who they get, or if it's the Brooks thing, if they can get out of line. Would you like Brooks to go there? Yep. You think? Yep. Yep. 100%. Yep, I think it'd be good for West. I think it'd be good for Newcastle. What, what, what I if on the flip more side More importantly, it'd be good for Brooks. Yeah, I'm with you. But what, what if on the flip side of that, Hastings? Like there was talk or that, you know, he's someone they'd potentially let go. Certainly an upgrade on what they've got. It's Hastings or Brooks. If they come in and say, well, as long as you take full freight, you can have one of them. Well, I'd take one of them. Yeah, which one would you take? Either. I'd take <laughs> anyway. Both. I'd take both. <laughs> It's better than what they've got. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, Cody McKinnon said, thanks, lads. And I'd take the... a jam donut with it. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a jam donut. <laughs> a fucking strawberry milkshake or whatever uh, idiot was drinking. Uh, me. Fucking... Don't, start, don't start me. <laughs> a jam donut oh, and a strawberry yeah, milkshake. I didn't know what happened. I was just sitting around having a strawberry milkshake. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you're a fuckwit. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, it dear. started from there and it's just rolled downhill from me. Oh, and then his dad messaging... Fucking O'Sullivan go, mate. You know the media's lying neck, man, and he's sitting at a desk on the fucking deal. I'm like, oh my god, what are you guys doing? Yeah, You're letting these two fucking run your club. Yeah, there's, there's your problem right there. What's his dad's name? Andre. 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 So yeah, I don't like how mysterious he... girl. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't like how he's been handled there. But thanks, Lee, and thanks, uh, Jason. And, uh, Put your shirt on, Andre. Cody McKinnon, thanks for the ear lads and the free content. Do you think Suoli will stay at the Roosters? Uh, and what do you think of Kenty's verdict that he's only playing for Samoa to get a better contract? Well, he, he's he got... There's signs there that he might be the next ponger. Some of the stuff that goes on with his management. and Ah, I think. All right. I look, I think, yes, he should, he should probably stay there, but... He signed there knowing Tedesco's there. So what do you want? Yeah, but he's also... You, you're going to play on the wing until... Or centers until... Tedesco retired. Signed with them. On. They knew that he did the whole year to year thing. He's not the one talking. It's his mentor and all these other flogs. That's what I'm saying. It's a he's very, a 19 year old kid playing very, footy. Very pongerish. Talking about for money um, from Kenty. If, if he was worried about money, he would have played for Australia. What like, did Kenty say, mate? Oh, that it's for him to play fullback for Samara and to push his case to make more money around the league. I don't think he needs to play fullback for Samara to have somebody offer him a stupid I amount of money. I think he actually got found out when he played fullback when yeah, Tedesco got knocked game. out because he struggled there. But if it was about money, like he doesn't have to worry about money. Rugby Union's already made him a stupid fucking offer. If I he can was see worried... what Kenny's saying in that he'll probably go across there and bash up a few minnow teams and look good. Yeah, well, they're saying he's putting himself yeah. in a shot window, but again, clubs should be smart yeah. enough watching them play minnow teams well, when they play be, a good team. But they're not. But yeah, in terms of money, I don't think he's struggling for money. And mm. if it was about money, he'd play for Australia. Because he was basically guaranteed a spot. They get 20K a game. He's going to get about 500 when yeah. playing there. He could have played three pool games, gone all the way to the finals, played, what, six, seven games, made another $140,000 or whatever it is. So I think if he was worried about money, he wouldn't be playing for Samoa. Um, so yeah, I don't think he needs to put himself much more on the shot window. Someone's going to pay the bloke. Alexander Bray, do you see Hunt moving to hooker eventually to allow Sullivan to play half to not lose him. Well, I think they got a bigger problem in just getting him to sign. He's just rejected a second offer that they've upgraded. I think he's slowly just heading for the exit door, to be honest. I think he'll play out this year. And the Dolphins, the Titans, the Bulldogs have been sniffing around. There's a lot of clubs sniffing around Ben Hunt. Jaden, oh, Ben no, Hunt? I don't think he'll move to hooker. At this point in his career, and he said it before that he's a halfback, he'll do it at rep level, but at club, I said that I'd want him to move there because I've got him under contract, but I don't think he's going to sign for them to play nine. I think Sullivan will be gone. Well, he's been linked to the dogs as well, but yeah, the dogs time. have apparently had a meeting with him. The dogs are keen. Titan, there's a lot of clubs keen. But if Ben Hunt, like, 
if they thought they could get him for seven, I thought they'd get a haircut off the original amount, which is one two. Seven hundred is not enough for Ben Hunt. Other clubs will no, pay more for Ben Hunt. Not. If Ben Hunt said tomorrow over market, I'm out. There'd be teams minimum at nine hundred. I would have started at nine hundred. I would have started in the eights at least. Yeah. So I don't know where they've got to, but nine would have just been my final offer. Yeah. Here you go. This is what we're offering. Two years, nine hundred, or one year, nine hundred, or whatever. Or go out and find a third party. You find a so, third party. I'll give you a mil. I don't see. I'll get the hundred k on a, off the cap. He's not going to move to Hooker for them. Um, so the particularly Dragons. when you know he's going to play what three Origin games? There's your mil. Hmm. So Dragons are going to have to make a decision there again, money wise, what he's worth to them, what's going to happen with those other guys, and vice versa. Like the, the Sloan thing this week, where they've said you're not leaving, be patient. And Ben Hunt's even came himself and said I had to wait three or four years before I started. Yeah. Um, that, that's up to the club to handle that. But he's not going to play nine yeah. for the Dragons. Hunter Jackson says, who will win the comp next year and why will it be the Melbourne Storm? Well, let's just worry about this grand final first, Hunter. Um, but as a Melbourne fan for next year, uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting year. Let's put it that way. Yeah. you got uh, basically a generation, decade long of forwards, in particular Bromwich is moving on. We've had a lot go in that spine, sort of rolled those new guys in. We had more injuries than we've ever had and we've got a completely new forward pack basically. In particular, the back rowers and who makes up the bench in one of the front row spots. I think they'll be in the eight, uh, but in terms of talking about them winning the comp next year, I definitely wouldn't be touching that with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. I think they'll just be what they always are, which is a final football team. Um, how it pans out after that, we'll have to wait and see. But if you're asking me right now, like a market, I don't know if I'd have them top four. Mm. I think top eight. Let's put it that way. Greg Milburn, what's the opinion if Penrith lose this weekend? Will they be harshly judged only winning one in three years? What was that question, sorry? What's the opinion if Penrith lose this weekend? Will they be harshly judged winning only oh, one grand final in three years? Yeah, we'll, probably. We look you look back on the, the Roosters. Roosters. Yeah, I was. I don't really remember that dominant team. For I that was a Roosters reason. Roosters fan, one uh, three. Brad Fittler fan, and we were the best team across that two years. O two, they I think we finished six that year and won the comp, so we weren't actually the dominant team in O two. But certainly 03, 04. Yeah, they the gun side. Well, 03, Penrith from minor premiers. Mm. But and, they were heavily favoured. And though. won it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure that Roosters team was as dominant as what this Penrith team's been. Uh, I, th- I think this Penrith team... Yeah, wouldn't you be disappointed? Based, like, that's the thing. Like, judge harshly if you only won one out of yeah, three. Yeah, so if you're saying that that Roosters team is judged harshly for winning one out of three, well, this Panthers team is a better team than that. Well, they've won. And a more dominant team than that. They win all three minor. No, Melbourne won the minor last year. They just missed it. So they've won two minor premierships. They only lost one game and had a draw yeah. the first year. Last year, they only lost two or like three or four games. This year, they've only lost three games. Yeah. Look, so yeah. In three years, they've only lost about eight or nine games of football. And they've made three consecutive grand finals. Yeah. You'd be pretty disappointed with that sort of dominance if you only had one trophy to show for it. If we're judging it on purely just comps one, then yeah. Yeah. If you're judging it on wins and losses and sustained oh, you success, you're happy. Yeah. But yeah, I think... But I think as a club, you want to win comps. Want, as fans, you yeah. want to win comps. Players want to win comps. And knowing, again, like we said, we, we thought this year they might be a, a, in the four or had to battle a little bit more, but they certainly didn't. But with RP. Kick out, Martin's off next year, Critter's off next year, Toto's off next year. Like this this cycle and this new rollover is really going to hit. Yeah. So I think for them, similar to last year, they're going to want to win this badly. Because again, everyone's at the, the contract table, every manager's there right now and everyone wants their money. So this is big. Really, really big um, for them. So I'm sure they'd be disappointed if it was only one out of three. 
Esteban Oliveira says, do you think it's possible for the Eels' window to remain open after this year, considering improvements of players such as Reid, Papali, and Lane within their system? Could this not be for the case whoever steps in? Well, I guess that's the question, is who does step in? Hodgson is much older than Marnie and hasn't been able to stay on the field for the last couple of seasons. So if he goes down to start with, to me, that's already a huge blow. Because from there, who have they got? I think Rain is staying on next year, but other than that, um, they don't really have a nine. Um, Papa Lee's turned into a hell of a player. I can't believe they let him go. They're talking Lane's going to get a, a good extension. Um, so he'll still be there. But yeah, they're going to have to plug Reed's spot. They're going to have to plug one of the middle spots um, with Oregon moving on. And they're going to have to find someone for that edge. So who, who that is, I'm not sure. Hopgood will certainly be part of their middle rotation in some form. I don't know if they're tempted to push Madison back to an edge. I really like him as a 13. I, I hope he stays there. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think maybe next year I wouldn't put him in as a premiership threat, but I think, again, they'll still be a finals team. I think next year is more important about what they do, similar to what Brock sort of said, like finding who is that back row, finding those sort of spots, and if they tie up Moses and Brown and a few other guys that they've got coming off. I reckon I'll be all right. I I'd honestly think they'll be okay. Well, who's going to play that edge? I don't know, but I just think... I just don't trust Hodgson, I think. That's that one. I like, right. I like Hodgson. I like Hodgson too. I just don't know if he's going to be healthy. Well, he's going to be. He's had a whole year. He's had two years where he could be healthy. How how old is the bloke? That's the other thing. He's, he's, he's 155 years old. So he's 33. He's so, all right. So he's going to be mate. 34. He's all right. Who's going to play on what, what edge you're talking about? I said Elza Kane, whatever his name is, going to play on, on the edge. Straight man. in? Yeah. You're a fan? Get the kid I, in. I haven't seen much of him. Yeah, I liked him. There you go. I like him, mate. I like him, mate. And they got Mama Sometimes S- you're only one player away from leaving. They got them having a good team. Like Mamasia played edge against us, didn't he? Newcastle, young bloke. He's been injured yeah, for a few years. Yeah, he played He's a good player. Yeah, well, he's over there. Okay, well, so there they'll go. probably try to fill somebody in. But the one about Hodgson, I was wondering. Wasn't good it? enough to get him over the line against us. Nah, he? he was but good. He was good. But I know, I knew Hodgson got two years, but the second year's a club option. So if he does break down again, he wasn't as good as Dane Akafalea. Yeah, good player. Good. Well, Parramatta. Take Dane back. Yeah. Dane. Get Danger back. Dane, Dane was back. He's from Parramatta. He played through all their juniors. Yeah. Uh, Gaz Robbins says, for the grand final, why can't Grant Ennisley be in the bunker, uh, be the bunker ref, or at least physically sit there and oversee the decision? Yeah, agree. It's agree. constantly coming out and admitting that the bunker got it wrong when yeah. it's too late. I agree. There's listeners all over that saying thanks. That's always bugged me. So. Be in there and panel beat. Yeah, that's right. Start fucking banging some mess together. Fuck it. Instead of coming out and give us press comments saying, yes. Yeah, Be sorry. the Darth Vader of the bunker. Sit there in the back. <laughs> and go, get it right. Yes. Get it right. Be the bane of the bunker. Yes. It was necessary. <laughs> it was necessary. Someone has to be farmed with a wreckage. That'll be, that'll be him if something goes wrong in the Monday press That's conference. Right. The bunker official was eating some KFC popcorn chicken and his finger slipped. His finger slipped with the grease. He goes, someone had to be seen with the wreckage. Good. Chris Caprice says, hi, man. What are the chances the Bulldogs making the power rankings? Been waiting since 2018. Another great year podcasting. Thanks. Well, yeah, unfortunately, they went through that well, real rough patch with Dean Pay, so they were never even close to it. And he dug him out of the shit, and then they handed Baz the checkbook, and he spent up big, and that's gone down. And Potsy's coming and sort of solidified things, and now Serato's coming into a pretty solid roster with a few good signings. Mate, He's if, come in and did a couple of nice things. If you want them just to have one week in the power <laughs> I think they've got a chance next year. But 
Yeah, I'll put them in the power rankings for you. The bottom eight power there rankings. You <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait and see next year. But I'm thinking... next year, I think they'll they'll. All jokes aside, I think. I think they'll be around that bottom yeah. part of the eight or fighting for it. They'd want to be yeah. after what happened. Um, Otherwise, the great guys would be now there with Burton and they got Avrilo mm. back into one and found a couple of good young guys. The dogs will be barking. Oh, they will be an inquiry into what's <laughs> going inquiry. on at Bankstown. Yeah, the answer will be a pineapple. Oh, the drums will be beating. <laughs> the drums will be beating. They have tried to recruit the Storm's jiu-jitsu coach. Yeah, good. Yeah, good one, mate. Uh, fingers crossed for you that the Bulldogs go well next year. Chris, thanks. Cameron Finlayson says, Dear lads, think it's rough that after all the fawning Thanks for the sacrifices and the chat for three years. The Warriors don't get any extra home games. I think the whole season should be over there next year. And I said the same thing. I think it's a crock of shit. Like, to what everything that's happened, surely everyone could have just said, look, next year you guys don't have to leave NZ, except for Magic Round. Fuck, there's some good questions. Yeah. These are good. Well, this is what, like I said, what I told you. We haven't done did we just have? Did we just have dunce listeners early doors? No. You're bagging out all the same people that you used to ask questions, mate. No, I don't think I am. You are. There were some shit questions originally. I think we just used to do it every single week, so... I was over it? Yeah, Maybe. basically. <laughs> basically. I think, yeah. Speaking out I there. think, yeah, listeners are smarter. They're smarter than me, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, ben Upton <laughs> said, Hi, gents. I find it interesting that both teams have made the grand final have dual captains, both a forward and a back. Do you think there's anything in it? Or purely coincidence? Ah, I just think it's Good question, but... Mm, yeah, I'm not really... You're clutching there, Benny. But, yeah, I... Like... From a coach's perspective, yeah, because you, you sort of go, I, I, you can't have a forward who's going to get interchange, be a captain. Well, that's the thing. They do interchange, yeah, sometimes, though. Not very often. No, no, no. I know that, but, but you still got clear on the field. They've got leaders in both groups. That's why you sort of have those dual captains. I, and it's it's also, I think it actually strengthens the leadership and, and within your team because sometimes you've got someone who leads via action, sometimes via, by yeah. words. Your halfback is your natural leader, leader out on the field yeah. anyway and because they should player. be the, they should be the dominant talker. Mm. And on so yeah, I do think there's probably a little bit in not so much back and forward, mm. but having dual, having two. Yeah, I think there's a bit of there's a lot of research going into well, that at the moment around who's what is captain? Paula, Paula and Gusson. Is that I don't know. Well, we know Gus won't. He doesn't shut the fuck up. I don't, I don't he plenty of talk. But their forward captain, I've never really paid attention to their is forward. It I thought it was Campbell Gusson. Gillard. Nah, it wouldn't be Cam Gillard. I think it'd be Paulo, wouldn't it? Brown? Brown. Brown off the bench. <laughs> Brown. That's, that's a bit hard. Must it, be Paulo. Him and Arthur are doing Turkish wrestling on a weekly basis. Can I get you back in the team? But, no, nah, again, I think captaincy, especially at that level, I'm not saying it's overrated, but I think I think it's just a bit of coincidence. But those guys are outstanding leaders, no doubt about it. Uh, Dinos Daniels says, how can we end the coaches' merry-go-round? Well, if you didn't listen to the rant we went on the other week, I think we gave most of our answers then about how you end the coach's merry-go-round. Stop hiring the same fucking people and actually, you know, promote some people or look out there for exactly what we said. You Demetrios of the world who won four lower-grade competitions or Rowan Smith right now, he's been here, there and yeah, everywhere. Yeah, Junior Paulo and Gutherson. Gone over to England and just made a grand final when they said that needed a three-year rebuild. Like, there's guys out there. It's just a matter of clubs letting them in. After some of the... I've spoken to a few nameless NRL clubs this week about... Yeah, coaching, and it's just, yeah, it's next level, some of yeah. the stuff that goes on. It's Game of Thrones, ancestral level stuff at some places. It's yeah, hard, hard I, to get in. Uh, oh, yeah, well, it's not, because I've got a few offers, but you just, yeah. 
Anyway. Hmm. But yeah, I think it's it's also up to the clubs then that cycle because a lot of them invite it. Don't right? Yeah. You know, like there's people said, in full time jobs who don't have a full time work ethic, who are not doing the due diligence, the research, the work that should be done from players, coaches, um, recruitment, retention, pathways, a whole lot. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like I said, it's up to the clubs to end it, mate. Um, similar to that rant. That's right. Week, but what they could do and actually looking outside, because there are coaches out there, but like I said, they're... And I just assume that the further you go up, the better it gets. It's actually... Couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. Uh, Johnny Girdler said, was under the impression all these years you guys were best mates. Lately, it sounds like you are siblings. Can you clear that up? If personal, don't worry. We're brothers, mate. We are brothers. And I'd say we're Johnny both. Girdler. Are we're, you related to Ryan? We are best mates. <laughs> we're both. Yeah, best mates and brothers. I don't understand what that's meant to say. You think we have beef or something like that? We, we actually sound like siblings instead of mates. I don't know. But we are brothers. No, I don't think that's what he's saying. I don't know. But yeah, we are brothers and we're best mates. Yeah. Great minds think alike sometimes, not all the time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Give yourself a wrap, mate. Not all the time. Dinos has come with another one here. Good, I was going to say, Dinos, said, Daniel. Is there a solution to the constant wrong calls that the bunker makes every week and can we get some consistency or is it just based on rules and interpretations? And Too many rules, mate. That's, you've just hit the nail on the head. We've said this before. Interpretations from different people in the bunker and even the referees lead to exactly what we talk about all Please the time. Please take some rules away. With obstruction. and There's grey areas in a lot of things. All this and, bullshit at the start of the year is like, oh, he's caught on the inside and... You know, he said he's outside. I remember the Brisbane Newcastle game. That one fucking baffled me. The bloke literally ran behind him, gained advantage, passed it. They go, when he passed, he didn't gain advantage. I'm like, you fucking kidding? But you look at the Luai one on the weekend. That was ridiculous. That was broken play. He wasn't even fucking near him. He threw a 20 meter Hail Mary. Yeah. It's It's the biggest trial I've ever seen. Anyway. Yeah, mate. No, mate, you're never going to solve that, Dennis. No, unfortunately. Josh Shannon says, how would you tweak the seven tackle set rule whilst limiting coaches' ability to inevitably manipulate it? How do they manipulate it? Well, it came in because of you mokes kicking the ball down a hundred times and not letting Slater take a kick return. So I think he's saying if he took it away, would people start doing that again to take a fullback out of the game? Or, or no, I think he's I think he's alluding to coaches telling players to give away six against early in the set if you lose a tackle. It's for the seven tackle set, so kicking yeah. dead. Okay, I, I took it as though he's talking about no, restarts. Well, either either way, it's a fucking shit rule. Get rid of it. Oh, the thing that kills the me. Rugby league since 1908. It kills me Well, more. not actually since 1908 because it was actually unlimited tackles, but rugby league has always been six tackles. Yeah. I hate it more because it takes away the attacking kick and some teams just... literally just say, we're not going to kick anymore. If you put a well, cross-field attacking no, kick not. or you're doing that and it spills out and goes, like, fuck, that you shouldn't be punished for a contest. If you create a contest, you're doing the right thing to me. You should... Like, and again, that's, that's adding more layers to it, which we just talked about again. I don't want to complicate it anymore. I'd like there to be some... Situation where you don't get punished for it, but it's almost anything in goal or down to seven tackles, which to me is just shit. It discourages you from attacking with yeah. a kick or being aggressive. Just get rid of it. So that would be the easiest way. But yeah, to stop people on the counter. The, the whole thought behind it was that it would ensure that teams are more often than not in good field position. Yeah. It was because we wanted to see more attacking footy. End to end football, more opportunity yeah, to attack. I, I don't think it's actually done that. I think, well, it has. Artificially, it's done that. But it's actually added more foul play to the game. More yeah, foul play. 100%. Uh, Dave White says, if you're a GM and there's a player from another club that you could help 
Para win the grand final for one game. I like this question. Who would you choose? He said he would take Teddy or Latrell. Well, Dave, we spoke about this before. I looked and thought, what's a position that I'd want to upgrade for Parramatta? For me, I'd want to upgrade the one or the nine. So I'll tell you, I'll, I'll solve this. I'll solve this in one swift chop of the fucking axe. Yeah, here we go. Nathan Cleary, come over here. Yeah, push He's Moses over the other side. Yep. Well, oh, no, Moses just doesn't play. I was looking at the halves going, well, I don't have a problem with the halves, but I'd want to add something better at 109. So I'd either go Reed Marnie, take a fucking seat. I'm going to take Harry Grant with that forward pack. Or Clint Gutherson, go sit in the crowd, get yourself a hot dog, and I'll take James Tedesco. Yeah. And I keep my halves. I yeah. think said it all year. To me, the 109 needed to improve and make a difference. They flattened out a bit. They've been okay during the finals. But, um, yeah, I think... If I was going to upgrade something in their team to give them a better chance to win, I'd be either swapping their one or their nine for one of those other players. That's what I'd be doing. Joel Whaling. Would you rather have a jiu-jitsu battle with one James Hooper-sized duck <laughs> or a hundred duck-sized James Hoopers plus Cowboys Premiership window open, yes or no? Well, Joel, the drums are beating and hoops if he turned <laughs> up here as a giant duck. I would put him in a fucking guillotine and snap that neck. I um, there's someone dash. who keeps posting in the discussion group or somewhere on socials, and whenever I click on it and it comes like he's the drums, the dreams, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. the way it comes out, the spilling, the drums of bleeding. It actually makes me it's laugh out loud. It is great. It's unbelievable. I, I just fight him straight up. Forget the duck or the hundred ducks. Just get hoops in him. I want the hundred ducks. I want to put him in an armbar. Because I want to get my driver out and hit every one of them <laughs> with a driver. <laughs> with hoops head on them all. Yeah. As you hit them all, they go, that is foul play. Oh, cannonball. Yeah, yes. What was the second part of the question? Cowboys premiership window open, Definitely. yes or no. And yeah, I think we alluded to this the other night. The fact that Definitely. Gilbert's the only one moving on. They achieved so Todd much. Todd Payton will still be talking, though, by the time they win the Premiership. <laughs> so young. Um, lots of upside in their squad. I think next year, yeah, they're obviously going to have a few guys that did, are probably... Did Todd thank the fans? The fiends? You I'd to... like to thank the fans. Anyone who wasn't with us early doors, that was my impersonation of Dave Ferner when we were at Canberra. Didn't matter what happened. We used to go to the, the tradies after, but particularly it was a rough patch there they were losing, and he stand up and thank everyone every yeah, week. Like I'd like to thank the fiends. Apologise to the fiends. Apologise to everyone, my family, and that they put their time in. The, I'd like the, to apologise to my golden retriever. The community. JJ. The dog. When we lose, I give it a good fucking kick in the ribs. <laughs> um, nah, good on him. Uh, Rhett Cudahy says, what's your thoughts on using the bunker for forward pass as well? Yeah, that's just... If it's in a try-scoring situation and it's a... Like power, last week... I'm all for it. They should be able to do that. But, yeah, I think, again, down to interpretation, there'd be people still arguing. So you're never going to satisfy everybody. And he says, do you think Latrell's any chance of signing for the Dolphins in 2024? I don't. Like, no, he, because he, Wayne will be gone by then. If he likes going home and doing his own thing in Tyree. No, Wayne will be there. Is Wayne there for two years? Two years. Yeah, so that's the second year of Wayne. Yeah, but Wayne he, he, get, he gets all the free time now. They let him go during the week. Like, he loves going home. If he's up there, there's no fucking way he'd get back to Tyree. So I, I think for him, he has to be in Sydney. I don't think he'd move out of state. How far away is Tyree? Tyree's Newcastle, sort of that, that, that way. So I think a couple of hours. I know, I knew it was north. But I think I South, South gave him a lot of freedom. And I think Demetrio took a page out of Wayne's book after being there for a few years and figured that out. That yeah. Demetrio you know, seems like a very good man manager. He does. But I just think for him, I can't see him ever going outside of Sydney or in a position where he can't go home. He's a person who likes his own space and his time and getting back. 
Um, you know, he bought. I think he bought a property for his family or his parents and that. So uh, yeah. I just, yeah, I couldn't see him going too far from family or in a, in a place where he's less than a, dro- a couple of hours drive away to do what he wants yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't see it happening. I just can't see him going to a bank. No, nah, I think that situation doesn't suit him either. There'd be a lot lot of pressure and a lot that comes with that. And I just, I don't think they're going to be a good spot for at least, you know, I, I think it's going to take until about year three to start seeing some benefit with what they've got so far. Probably. It's hard to see. Um, that first generation of one and two year contracts is going to take until year three to roll over, I think, for the Dolphins. Uh, Zyka Williams says, what do you think Vaughny and Maguire will bring to his team, Warrington, next year? Cheers. Well, hopefully so- some go for it. That's for sure. I, I didn't see much of Warrington this year. I know they obviously yeah, struggled. They don't need Fords. Need some halves. Yeah, they moved on. Gareth Gareth Whitlock. Yeah, he laid an egg when he was there. Well, he sort of fucking. I don't know what happened there. Like he signed a huge deal here that hadn't even started, and he didn't even start the new part of it. He went back to him after the World Cup and said he wanted to go home. So obviously, after spending some time there, he felt he wanted yeah. to go back, and he's just sort of gone off the boil. Vaughn and Maguire are going to help, but. I need spine. I think there's what other. They still got Daryl Clark at nine. Yeah, I think so. Is he what he was a few years ago, or not quite? Yeah. So yeah, I think certainly some go forward. Maguire will bring some fucking aggression if they're lacking any of that. But um, yeah, from what you're saying, obviously I don't know much about their spine. They got Powell. They got Dufty, didn't they? I saw Dufty brain in those last few games. So, but Dufty, as you know, he's not gonna. Well, over there, I think he'll fucking kill it. Joe Field and that have. That surprised me. But they didn't win a comp. No, I don't win a comp, but they him Saint and Ben French a, had a field day. St. Helens are a very good team. Hmm. Steve Whiteway says, Will we see a return to the five meter rule to try and prevent concussions and speed up the ruck? No. Never. Um, that's well and truly removed. I get your reasoning as to why the thought process behind it, but again, it's not to the benefit of the attacking football and the viewers that they're after, so there's no way they're ever going to go back to Did that. A lot of chat about it though this week. Hmm. Um and Lauren Huntley says, no question, but just thanks for another year of podcasts. Love the show and the effort you guys go to amongst life, day job, sickness, and your passion for the show. We love listening. Our boys love the insight, even when you're knocking Manly. Try not to knock Manly. Nah. She's, she's a lovely human. She sent through a lot of uh, nice messages, and yeah, we appreciate your support. Mm, we hope appreciate your young, young fellas are going good, mm. and yeah, I hope. Manly have a better year next year than what they did this year. Mm. They we, will when if Turbo's healthy. Say it all the time. Um, we try our absolute best under any circumstances. Look, I be... support the Titans. It can't get any worse. Yeah. Well, I actually can. If I support the Tigers. If you support the Tigers. <laughs> oh, bang. Well, Both they finished barrels. last. That was the only team we beat home, wasn't it? I don't know. You both. Yeah. We hope it was. I think so. That's okay. That's okay. He's dropped that one. That's okay. That's okay. What are you doing? Trying to find the other page. Facebook fucking changes its layout every two oh, weeks. Oh, it does. It's frustrating. It's I'm, no good. I'm not it. very tech savvy if it's people no haven't good, figured man. that How out. How many either. questions have we got, man? Well, we've got to the first lot. Now we've got another lot. And, we still and then got, we've got Twitter. We've still got Twitter. <laughs> Let's go. So we're still punching through. That's good. It's all right. Good questions. Who was that? Who was That was from our discussion page. That was our discussion page. This is our actual Facebook so page this is now. This the actual Facebook This page. is the big dogs. So... Kenny Anderson says, do you think Simonson will stay at centre or will he switch with Blake? Well, no, nah, they did swap no, last week. So. I expected him to do that last week. Yeah, they didn't do it. I mm. thought they would have as well. So, Danny Ward, thoughts on a crunch twister at KF? If Cleary bombed one up, I'd catch it 100% <laughs> Danny, That's Danny, good. you've got me right in the fields, brother. Gay time? Is that what you're talking about? No. Nah. 
A KFC Twister Brow. It's never like had a one. Chicken wrap. Never had one. Oh, what the fuck's wrong with you? I've never had one. Uh, you throw, you kick a drumstick, and I tell you what, I'd catch it on the full. Yeah. You name it. Chickies. I hate, I hate drumsticks. I mate, if it's anything from KF, I'm like chicken. The good on you, Danny. I love me. I'm a KFC. KFC. The tenders. Original tender or whatever. Yeah, they that's are. what's in the Twister. Yeah, no, they're tenders on, they're with like a pepper mayo and all that. You'd like a Twister. Yeah, it's fucking no. great. You know my favourite thing? Just going off topic like we talked the other week. My old favourite one. You know, like just targeted advertising. You know when the Big Bash first started and they had yeah. KF on everything? Yeah. Me and my old roommate in Canberra, Tommy Sellers, a few times they'd be like, all right, we've got a game this weekend. Everyone make sure you're hydrated, you're eating well, you're doing the right things. And it was when the Big Bash was on in the preseason yeah. for a few weeks in a row of trials. We'd go home and be like, all right, we start watching the cricket and they just keep throwing up the buckets on. So we're like, do you want to go get KFC? <laughs> Got you. Before one of the games, we laid into a fucking 10-piece thing each. It was a cheap deal. Good. Turn up the next day, I was absolutely sweating like a fiend trying to play this game of football. I'm like, oh, that's not oh, good nutrition. Oh, well. It didn't work out too well for me. That's okay. That's but why you're back in Penrith. Targeted marking. <laughs> oh, that and a false set of knees. Good day, eh? But, yeah, KF, how good. Thanks, Danny. Eddie Tan says, is the foreign brimson pairing going to work they're both such left side heavy players or would you pick a different combination maybe I'm too hopeful that Brimson can it's develop it's going to be Sexton it can't be Brimson yeah I think they've got to make a decision between he, he Sexton needs to be the 7 and Brimson's more natural as a runner and at the fullback or runner. Boyd like if Boyd's where he's going play Boyd there. I like Jaden Campbell too play so 7 there they're sort of layered in that and I, I don't know where else you could put Jaden Campbell yeah, they did this to themselves but Foran is going to be playing left side and he can't wear the seven. Sexton showed that when he was in there with no support, most dropouts in the comp, good short kicking game. Yeah. Um, with a bit of support and Verrills will be there at nine, I think he'll be a much better player. But you can't invest in him for 20-something games, can him suddenly, uh, move on from Foggy, then go out and buy a halfback who's even older than him who's got the worst injury history and say, all right, we're going back this route. Yeah. Um, and if they're going to go with Boyd, well, then same deal again. Um Whoever they commit to, they've got to commit to long-term with Foran and Verrills. Yeah. But the one, yeah, I don't know. Would you go Brimson or Campbell? Who would you prefer? A fullback? Yeah. Brimson. Campbell, every time he played for you guys, just seems to make yeah, a know. difference. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, they've sort of... But it's like they've just tried to keep everyone and it just make fit. a decision. It's overlapped. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting, mate. But I, I don't think they'll be the halves. I'm with Brock. I think it'll be either Boyd and Foran or Sexton and Foran, but I'd go Sexton and Foran. Um... Yeah, Omar Haydar says, should the Knights be chasing Hastings? Well, we sort of spoke before. They should be trying to take anyone, I guess, who's a dominant seven because they just don't have one. They need somebody to steer that team. Yeah. Braley certainly can't do it on his own from dummy half and doesn't have as much as that creativity as, say, what his brother does. And then you've got Ponger at the back who I wouldn't be pushing up. But I, I think essentially they need a pair of halves, really, if yeah. possible. Or someone has to go into that six role, but they need a dominant seven. So Hastings would certainly help. Brooks could make a difference. Um, yeah, they, they just need to get somebody. There was talk about Croft being linked with them. I think that'd be career suicide for Croft to come back and play seven for Newcastle. He's same deal. He's a six. He's not a seven. He's better as a runner. Um, Keefe. Keefe, our man. Gossip. Keefe. He's written in. Who scores the first try wins? Question mark. First try scorer has won every grand final since 2015. Wow. Oh, there you go. Good start. Not bad, Keithy. I heard some ones on the radio today. I think SEN do it called Crap Stats. And one was about the jerseys, and the other one was Vossi. Parramatta were undefeated when Vossi was commentating games during the year until week one where they got rolled by Penrith. Yeah. I think the other crap stat was 
in the gold jerseys, Parramatta are eight from something like 80%. Penrith are undefeated when they wear the licorice all sorts retro jersey. Stuff like that. But that, yeah. that's a good one, Keithy. We love our man, Keithy. Yeah. He was there at the start when we used to get him on. He's off the Panthers wagon, though. He's going for the dogs. Doggies. He's on the dogs. Jeez, he jumped off that wagon at the, at the wrong time. Yeah. Our man. But he's a good egg. He's a legend. Love you, Keithy. And first try he's wins. He's a fucking OG. I'd like to know. Well, I just had a chat then today, actually, and we talked about who uh, the grand final. Keithy, did you? Couple inboxes on the gram. There had you a go. chat about the game. It was good. We love you, Keith. Thanks, champion. Uh, Andrew Rooney. A lot of attention given to the highlights package fullbacks, but a like for like replacement. Would you go Dylan Edwards for Teddy if Australia, um, if Teddy got injured? No. Oh, if Teddy was out, yes. Definitely. It depends. You mean but not within the squad? So within the squad. Within, I, within the squad, you need to pick players from multiple positions. Yeah, eighteen to twenty-four. We to only get models. twenty-four. So realistically, if you're going to take extras, you're going to want more forwards. They're more likely to sort of bust you. So I, I think they're going to have more guys in that across center nine yeah. seven. They're going to have guys as value. So Hunt's, Hunt's going to be going because he covers nine half thirteen. I think Cotter will get taken. At a pinch, if you got real desperate, he'd be a third hooker. I know you don't want to, but I'm saying within a 24, you know, Whiten, Burton, guys that play centre, fullback, multiple positions. I think they're going to do a lot of that. Well, I think you can fill back into your 24, though, if someone gets ruled out for the tournament, can't you? I don't know, because it's over there and flying. Like, I don't know if you can take No, I think they can fly someone in. Or, yeah. I, I think. It'd be a hard task. But within your 24, I think you're going to be looking to cover for a few things. So, Particularly outside backs. If guys are just straight up wingers or straight up one position, I don't think you'll see many specialists to go in one position. Yeah. Um, bar like a position, a key position like a fullback. Yeah. But I wouldn't have an issue with him being in the squad, but I think with what they're going to take over, they're going to have a couple of guys that can cover that. So maybe he misses out, not on ability, that's for sure. Yeah. But just with what's, they're already there with those few guys that we just mentioned. That's fair. So that's the only reason I think he would miss out. But he's been outstanding, there's no doubt about it. Luke Tomlin says, I know you guys have gone into depth into the salary cap imbalance in earlier shows and how far school the comp is. Um, particularly with third parties, and he totally agrees with you on that. And he says, but are we starting to see some balance in the top end? The usual suspects falling out while the Sharks and Cows have a more balanced roster in regards to Cap did well. Thoughts? And he loves the pod. Yeah, I think uh, the teams you see rise are the ones who have elite players who are coming into first grade on low contracts. Mm. And then... Clubs who have got their top end right, that that would be my read on it. Yeah, well, like, so you see, like Penrith, Melbourne for years, they invested in yeah. the right players and then they filled around it. We've yeah. seen it with Penrith now, where they've made the decision that, you know, after these few years, all these guys are coming off, but their heaviest investment mm-hmm. is in six, seven, thirteen, yeah. a key prop. Like they're looking at those positions, going, well, if we have these sort of guys, we should be able to backfill around it. I, I still think personally, for me, I would have found a way to keep Arpy. That's just me for another few years because I didn't think they had the nine for it now. I know he would have cost them probably another 200 on top of what he's already on, but I would have easily let go of a Martin or somebody there to make sure that he was still there. Yeah, correct. That's just my opinion because I think you would have found someone to do a job. Um, But I think part of it's... The top clubs, we've we've had this before. It's not an argument, but we've agreed on this before. I think half the reason those guys start at the top is for the reasons you've said before. Some of the clubs that are so fucking poorly run... I think it's not even a matter of what they get through or who they develop or how they spend. Some just don't do a good job full stop with their cap or who they recruit or filling in gaps in decision-making. And your better clubs 
stay where they are for long periods of time, even if they're not winning and just mm-hmm. making finals because they're just better at what they do. Yeah, They're better at development. They're better at recruitment. They're better at you know finding value on players. They're better at their development side of things, whether it be bringing them through or cherry-picking a couple of guys. And they're better when it comes to sitting down and going, okay, we've got a good patch here. 10, 11 guys are sort of coming off. We're going to, go to keep six or seven or whatever. We're going to have to prioritize. They'll still a better job. Melbourne, the Roosters, Penrith now that they fix their junior pathways. There's a good reason why teams like them and South have made five preliminary finals in a row. They're the better run clubs. Um, and it's just an unfortunate reality for some of the clubs at the bottom. Like Tigers now, a decade plus without being in the finals. And what do you constantly hear? Just leaks and talk, like just too much about the club, not enough about the football side of things. Mm. It's there's there's more reasons than just salary cap. It certainly is a big reason, but I think a lot of the time now, a lot of it's just attributed to how poorly some clubs are run in many areas. So that's multi-layered, but agree with you 100%. Michael Borg says, Sinbins have played a major role in the outcomes of games this year. What do you guys think of a similar system to hockey with a penalty box where players only stay off until the other team has scored? So two-minute box, uh, they score after 30 seconds, back on. Uh, we'd have to massage it in, but could prevent a massive disadvantage from happening. Uh, I just think, again, it's another thing that's layered and probably adding a bit more complication. I, I sort of think that what we've talked about a million times and it hasn't come in yet, I'd prefer them to bring back the five minutes in bin rather than the 10 minutes. I don't think it's as harsh a penalty, but again, yeah. um, it was once a part of the game at least. I don't know if I'd be going with penalty box systems, mm-hmm. but yeah, 10 sometimes for some of the things we're seeing. I think it's more for the reasons of the fear of concussion, things like that. I don't think there's intent a lot of the time. I think it's accidents. So I'd be happy with a five minutes in bin coming back, but it's been mentioned multiple times and it hasn't really come to fruition. That's fair. Um, but yeah, that, that'd be more an A angle I'd be taking if we were going to go down that sort of road, mate. But thanks for the question. Uh, Declan Alexander says, has Brock seen a story of the new Chelsea manager, Graham Potter? He started coaching in university and progressed from there. No, uh, I haven't. I think, again, not trying to be, you know, like I said, on the flip side, but I think over there, there's, there's a genuine pathway for managers. Because there's so many levels, yeah. Um, and you you find your way through, and guys that do succeed generally too tend to get that. But that's also a global game. There's so many avenues you can go here, there, and everywhere. Like look at Ange Postecoglou. He's been, now he's done well in right? the Champions League and there, and like he was getting shit for coaching Australia at one point. And it's like it's a fucking hard job when you're from a country that generally it's not it's not the main sport, um, and you're relying on a lot of things, but. He's doing great things. I always think the global game, like I said, there's so many more opportunities and there's progression and a lot more. Like he's very closed in. And again, if you're not sort of within the four walls of a lot of places, you you never quite get yourself into that that top end or find a lot harder. Or, and it, it seems to be the case for a lot of places. But I read about they obviously sacked their manager after only three games. It was a new ownership group, which really surprised me. But um, yeah, I haven't really heard that story, mate. But I'll have to Google it and have a look because I... Haven't watched much of the Premier League the last few years, but I do know that they, had, like I said, had fired the guy that had won the Champions League and just spent a couple hundred million, which surprised me. So there you go. Adriel Landico or Landicho, sorry, mate, of my pronunciation. He says, Has Brad Arthur lost the grand final already in not naming four forwards on the bench? And can you see them matching Panthers' fitness with only three forwards? And P.S. Give a shout out to my Mrs. Please. It's her birthday. We're huge fans of the show. Her name is Erin Page. Well, Erin Page, happy birthday. 
Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you for both listening to the show. And Edriel. Hope, hope you got spoiled. I don't know if he's lost the game because Penrith did the exact same thing. Like, Salmon's not there mm-hmm. for any other purpose than cover. But I get what he's saying. I think Yeah. from a fitness perspective, Parramatta, if they get behind in possession and field position, they'll gas quicker than But Penrith I just look. I don't think they're unfit. Like in general, like no, they're that, not. Those guys play. 55, it's just about a style. Sixty, and their back rowers play a full game, and Madison plays sixty. Like I think the three that they've got match up just as good. Because I look at Spencer. Like Spencer barely plays fifteen or twenty. Mm. They don't rely on him for big minutes. So on the flip, I, I think it's more. Like you said if they can start well and play their sort of game and impose their with the middle, I think Penrith will struggle a bit more. With their bench to call their way back in, or compared to what Parramatta's got, yeah. I, I think they offer more than what Seattle did last week. Like we said that. Penrith made a bit of a dent with their bench last week. Like, look what South brought on the field. Mm. South launched themselves early with their middles and went gung-ho early because they knew they had to throw every punch they had. They had no time. They had no... Like, they were really light on last week in the middle. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think they've got a bit there. And I think in Nathan Brown, they've got a more reliable third option. Like, you've got a guy that played Origin and has played a lot of NRL as compared to Cartwright and Makatara in recent times. I... I think the three they've got are, are, are plenty enough unless they obviously had terrible luck with injuries or something went wrong. But thanks again, mate, for listening to the show and happy birthday to Aaron Page. Hope it was a cracker. Steve McCormack says, why does the bunker change who is the ref in every single game? Well, across the round, I think they just rotate, obviously, between who's on field and who's doing touchline, this, that, and the other. But across the finals, I thought there would have been a bit more consistency. You don't, we want to have someone in there who, you know, similar to the referee. He thinks a better better option. But that's my only reasoning, I think, during the year. The other year, they had full-time guys, didn't they? They had a couple of ex-players in there. It didn't go quite well either. Mm. So I think they've sort of proved it doesn't really matter who they've had in there so far. They haven't really found consistency. That's true. But, mm. uh, but yeah, during the finals, I think it should be more consistent, obviously. It should, it should be. But Sean Field says, how do you feel Canberra will go next year, bottom of the eight again? Um. Yeah, I, I think no, I think they'll improve. I'm sort of similar again. Um, we talked about this a lot in season reviews for a lot of teams. The big thing for a lot of teams, because many don't have things coming in, is just improvement internally um, in their rosters. And they're certainly one of those. You know, like those guys that stepped up, like your Hudson Youngs and Tapine, sort of had put together his first full like blowing year up to the standard that people were hoping for such a long period of time. Um, there's good kids pushing through like we said Mariotta we've seen bits of Savage we've seen bits of Schiller there's other guys there who are coming through like Trey Mooney that they all need to step up and fill some gaps Sami Solo was another one along with Mama C who was at Newcastle who was a highly touted junior just didn't pan out a new environment could be good for him um, and yeah and if they start start the year with their spine there obviously they had no Fogarty and went from chance and transition there I think the biggest thing is his health um, forward pack's certainly good yeah. Plenty of good guys pushing in, but particularly a few of those young forwards need to step up. And if their spine stays on the field the whole year, with that forward pack, I, I think there's no reason they should be in the bottom of the eight. You'd agree? Yep. There you go. Uh, JD says, is it time for the finals format to change, especially in the women's game, or will more teams be coming into the women's game help? Well, certainly going to help having 10 teams. It brings a bit more, um, you know, Bit, bit more ease to how the results are going. Like last week, to think that Parramatta hadn't won a game and they got in with one win and negative four and against is crazy. Yeah. But you go to 10, more games, obviously, it's going to be a little more clear-cut about who gets in or even if it's a bit tighter, more games, 
bit more separation, at least on for and against, and who's been more consistent. So I think that'll get better um, with 10 teams. And I don't know, they haven't obviously announced their finals format, but when they get to 10, you think it'll stay top four system? You'd think that'd be the right thing to do, wouldn't you? I think so, yeah. Unless they go to the old school top five system and split the comp first gets a week. But yeah, I think it'll be a lot better once they've got more teams in there to sort of uh, make it a bit easier. Uh, Troy Ellington. Ooh, why does Brock's voice sound like smooth velvet over the airways? Is this, is this a friend of yours? What's, velvet. What's going on? <clears throat> Wouldn't mind a red velvet cupcake right now. He's saying you're like smooth velvet across the airways, my friend. Yeah, right. Smooth. 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 Uh, Troy. I wish my wife had a similar opinion. My friend from work here, Troy Kavanagh, says, what's your opinion on Nathan Brown being picked on the bench? Is it a good selection? Love it. Yeah, I think similar to go out there with a baseball bat. Could be... Take a few knees out. One of two things. He could go (laughs) on an absolute brain, which we've seen before. He could have an absolute fucking meltdown after being... Oh, either way. It's going to be... As a neutral, it's going to be very entertaining. But um, no, I I like the selection. You're going to be like a wild pit bull doll uh, unleashed after all that pent-up aggression. But if they get the best out of him, like we said before, I think he's a better third option than some of the guys that have been running off the bench, that's for sure. Yeah. So, no, I I like the selection, mate. It's, uh, It's a good one. But... I think that's everybody off uh, both of the Facebook setups. So, uh, onto Twitter and onto the home stretch, mate. Onto the home stretch, are we, mate? So, these questions. Dave Crellin says, with Penrith having the potential to be the first club in history to win four grand finals in across all grades, can you see them sustaining success for years to come? Well, yes, I can. If they won mats, they would have literally won every grade. Um that would have Provided been. that they, and I said this on our podcast earlier in the week, that they have that same approach. Mm. Like your approach is the same as if you finish first or if you finish last. Yeah. So the approach that, you know, we had early doors there, like it was all about development. Now, whether I'm not sure whether the focus has changed at the Panthers. I can't imagine it has. No. Uh, but Matthew Cameron has moved up, you know, into the CEO role. So he's not mm. there or as hands-on in pathways as what he was, um, you can you can't replace a guy like that. So I'm sure their pathways, um, you know, not that they're not as strong, but they're certainly not getting the attention that they were from someone who is probably the best in the game at it. Mm. But you know he left good, um, you know, good structures, I guess. Well, he's there overseeing it, so you'd like to think. Yeah, but he's he's got to have his eyes across more. But I think the biggest so thing I think is the focus has probably shifted a little bit to this team yeah. now. It'll just be whether they have taken their eye off the ball here in any respect over the last two or three years. I think Penrith are going to be one of the teams that are going to be impacted a little bit by COVID because they rely so much on development. Mm. So I know that they've won those comps, but I I do think there's going to be some sort of impact just via COVID and a lack of footy. I still uh, think but that's going to be across the game. And everybody else in mm. that regard, they're still ahead of the curve. I, I think the biggest thing, like you said, is just converting. It's like mm. the Tigers coming out and, and going, well, the right ones. we won Harold Max. It's like, well, you had the same group yeah, for three that's... years because you went year young, age on, then they changed at 17s, and you've won, and you've signed them all now, but now your job is how many of them get to the NRL. Yeah. From Max to the NRL, it's a fucking long way. The difference for Penrith here is you've got them banked up in, you know, Matt's, fle- oh, sorry, flag, ball, like all age groups there. The conversion from that group should be significant when you've got that many backed up. That's the real key here. They haven't just got one age group, but how they get them there and then picking the right ones. And the other thing is, as soon as the Dolphins came in, 
saw it this year. They got a little bit shit at the Dolphins because they've come in and got Katoa. Yeah. Knowing that, you know, I don't think it, they could be mad at the Dolphins for that because someone else is going to take him anyway. Like, when's he yeah, going to play? Well, clear in that of there. He's not going to play. Mm. You look at that and go, I'm not going to play here for another 10 years. But he wouldn't have been really pushing for first grade for probably two or three years. He might have been as noticed, no. But, you know, Mason Teague was the SG ball captain. He's going to the Dolphins as well. Like, that sort of thing's going to continue to happen for them. So I guess the main thing is they need to identify the ones they need to keep and convert. Because it's all well and good to win, like you said, two or three grades and have all that banked up. But if you pick the wrong ones or you don't do the right job in pushing them through, it's all for nothing those junior trophies because at the end of the day they want first graders yeah. so if they do a good job which I'm sure they'll continue to do um, if the structure's still there in place and been overseeing someone like Matt Cameron you'd like to think that uh, there's still going to be good results um, A. Porter says top 10 and upcoming players in Q Cup and New South Wales cut off top of the head can't give you 10 from both but uh, I think Hopgood's going to be very good when he goes Hopgood's to Hopgood's played some first. I think most of the Penrith guys that you would have seen a little bit of like Taruga Jenkins, Luke, uh, you know, most of those guys have done a good job. KL Eros only played that one yeah, game. Yeah, and then you look at Metcalf. Yeah, going to the Warriors. Wong, who got a late run for the Roost at the end of the year. Siwa Wong, he's going to be good. He's only 18. Dykes, who's played yeah, first grade. Lockie Miller played first grade. Mariotta. I like yeah, Huth. Adam Mariotta would be good. I like Huth at Newcastle. He Huth, doesn't, didn't yeah. really get a look in. No. Sandin, Sandin from uh, the Roosters looked good. He's only a baby. Yeah. He's, he's, still a, he's still a while away. But, yeah, there's some guys. Q Cup, I didn't see a lot this year, but, um, you know, Warbrick, who Melbourne got from the sevens, I like the look of him. Um, Howth, waiting to see what happens there. The fullback for Burley just signed for the Warriors. Tane Tuapiki, like, he he got player of the year. Um, he's only young. And Alofiana Pereira, he's a Titans contracted player. He made team of the year as well and was top try scorer. Uh, Cowboys had 11 kids spread across their flag. who played a lot of cup, lip, labor. Um, there's just yeah, there's a lot of kids, but probably the one I saw the most of was the guy, the Dolphins signed for first grade. He's a rugby union centre, Valance Tavare, and I, they played him in Cup this year. He brained him apparently. He made the team of the year as well, so he'll be probably someone to get to run early doors. He's only young, uh, but there, there are a couple of names to look at. Scott Jenkins basically said the same thing, but he said three Cup players we expect to transition to full time um, next year. So a lot of these guys already were full time. But, yeah, I think Eero may not see as many opportunities while all those guys are there, but I think the year after... Franklin Pellet, I think he's going from part-time to full-time, isn't he? Or is he already was full-time. He's okay. been full-time for two years. Hop good. Like, a lot of those guys are full-time. He's what? going to the Bulldogs, yeah. All the talk is he is. I still haven't seen anything. They, mm. They've kept a lot of things quiet. Even, like, people ask every week about kick out money. They never really announced it. They said they wanted to wait for those club seasons then, but yeah. everyone knows they're going there. Um... But to transition into full time, like well, we had a couple of blokes that sort of looked like they were getting a chance to maybe go full time. But in terms of whether they play or not, yeah, like Dean Madison's going to go. Um, he's he's with Manly. Hmm. There's a few other boys that are weighing up some options. Yeah, we, we got five or six that are going to go into NRL systems. Yeah, potentially training and do pre seasons. And... No, they'll definitely train and trial. Yeah, we got five or six. Josh Daly's going over to England. Hmm. Signed with York. So, yeah. Mounties, we're probably looking at yeah five or six that are going to leave us to go on to bigger and better things, which is cool. Yeah, but if you're talking like legit from part time to full time, yeah, I'd, there's a couple there. But guys, if you're talking just playing NRL week in week out, it's hard to actually know at the moment because a lot of those they haven't been signed that, and they haven't been announced. Because the other thing is the salary cap. Gus Good talked about it today, and 
mm. a lot of players are angry the other week who are fringies or older that have got clubs that are interested but we don't want to make decisions because if they lock them in at a nominal value now they get allocated that percentage of the salary cap once it's sorted so clubs want the fucking salary cap finally sorted so they huh. know what they're going to pay people it's a, it's a bit of a joke that we don't have a salary cap sorted by now it's yeah a bit crazy <laughs> but yeah Scott most of those names you said before they, they're the kind of guys you're going to see going full time Travis McMahon said if you were para would you extend Arthur long term he built this squad. Would you give him the chance to build it again or start fresh with a new coach and some new players? Like, he's just got you to a grand final, so I think it'd be a little bit harsh to get rid of him. Who's um, replacing him? In terms, Yeah, that's the other thing. In terms of a long-term extension, maybe not. Um, he's got a year left, I think. I'd just be waiting to see how things go next year. I'm sure yeah. they'll sit down and talk to him. I wouldn't be running out and giving him a five-year extension, but I think more of their problems there internally. And a lot Wait, of how long has he got to left on his contract? I think next year. Yeah, I'd... I think a lot of the bad I'd press there... Him, I'd be giving him a year on top of that. Have you seen any of this stuff with... What's the guy with him and fucking Hadley? All I've heard from Buzz and like, Hayman Hadley, you're in each other. I don't get it. I don't know. In that place in Hadley. general, they talk about, you know, issues of the board and issues like, just like, fuck, just, you're self-cannibalised. Like, all this stuff comes out mm. and they still made the green form. I think Brad Arthur handles it pretty well. I think he does too, but I think he mm. cops a fair bit considering, like, yeah, yeah a lot of noise. So, I, yeah, I think the big thing, yeah, similar deal. I don't know if I'd be going out giving a five-year deal, but... Um, he's just made a grand final, so certainly wouldn't be looking to push him out the door. Yeah. Um, I'd see how next year starts off with a bit of that turnover, and if things look good again, sit down and do another year or two. If he extension. wins it, give him a 10 year contract. Yeah, that's the thing. If he wins it, come, I think it pretty much sorts itself out. Uh, Lynn says day or night grand final. Well, I like the early afternoon grand final. Do we no, go? I, I like a, I like a three o'clock kickoff. That'd be. Mm. I'd prefer it to be him, yeah. In the uh, in the daylight, so we went to a few. They moved it to five o'clock or five thirty. Yeah. So you sort of shit. Yeah, I it was a bit it. weird. It was a bit weird. Mm. They uh, did that for four or five years. Mm. It's rubbish. Duncan says, "Any World Cup podcast in the planning?" Yeah, definitely. Well, we talked to definitely, bud. Oh, Mehul, didn't we? Yeah, we want to do one on Monday. Across like a crossover one. I was about to ask you, we heard anything yet? I've yeah, we're going to do that on Monday. Wants to do one about World Cup, so we'll do one. With well, him I and... said we're going to have to do our review show on Monday anyway. So I said, mate, we'll be here. Let's just do both that night. Hmm. So we're going to do uh, that, and then during it, like there won't be constant, but maybe once a week with the pool games or something like that. Yeah, it's fine. We'll just yeah. go through and have a bit of a chat. Um, it's going to be a bit more harder to watch, obviously, with the time difference, but we'll have enough information. To... Yeah, I'll be I'll be watching them, just not live. Yeah, we'll have enough to talk about. Um, for that, so yeah, we're definitely missing content from the World Cup. Play them kids. Matthias Janis says tips for removing Hook from coaching the Dragons. Uh, I think not to sign him in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it was they put themselves know. in this position by giving that extension that yeah. we talked about. That no, no one else was going to take him given, off. Would have given Dean Young the job. Mm. Well, I think they're going to look at him and Riles regardless. I, I think the, the writing almost seems that. like it's on the wall, but yeah, it's a wasted year, really. Yeah, um, and their situation moving. It forward. just seems like it's. So I heard someone uh, the other day describe it as the that'll be the Michael Maguire situation of next season. Mm. No. Certainly looks that way, doesn't it? Agree with you there. Uh, Matty Bishop says, Magic round next year, meet and greet slash piss up. Well, again, the only reason we have never really got up is because of coaching. Because generally, football's on during the year. It's on that weekend or on every weekend. So um, I'd love to go to Magic Well, that's round. when we do the coaching the... City country. Yeah, so. well, you did the rep game. We were going to go this year. Yeah. And then you got the rep gig, so uh, yeah. that all just depends. But 
we'll have to try and sort something out. Like we said again, it's mm. mostly mostly been football that sort of stopped us from getting around to doing anything really. Um, Nigital says favourite suburban ground. Well, I love going to the hill at Penrith. Penrith, yeah. We're locals. Plenty of uh, colourful characters there that you see. Also, I think yeah. one of the only grounds that sells full strength beer. Everyone else sells yeah. mid strength. Everyone else treats you like a fucking troll. That's fucked. If I'm going to go to the football, just give me a beer. Give me a full and strength. Even better, you get to use your Panthers Club membership card and you get them for a decent price. I want a, I want a buzz. Yeah, mid strength at Para and they're bloody charging you $11. It's Para, if you swipe your membership card, you're getting full strength super drive yeah. for $7 on the hill. Woo! And you get some fucking idiot who can't pour it properly. Seriously. Yeah, like, come on. I'm an adult. Just give me alcohol. I don't I don't drink at Combank. I've never never had a drink at mm. Bankwest or Combank or whatever it's called. Jaden Cecil says Campbell, Brimson, Foreign, Verrills to form the Titans spine next year. So he's similar deal. He's wondering if Brimson will be in the halves. Campbell at fullback. I, I, I think, like we said before, Sexton, Foreign, and maybe Brimson at the back. But obviously, everyone that, leaves Sexton out, eh? I must be the only person that likes him. If you push these guys into different spots, it's going to end up costing them someone, but they're going to have to come up with that. It'll decision. be Sexton. You'll go somewhere else and be good. <laughs> so, yeah. You're going to it's have like to Fogarty. Yeah, great call. Mm. And the last one here is Pong Dong. He's got a Knights photo. He said, if you could be an assistant of uh, one of the first grade coaches, who would it be? And then if you could coach one first grade team. Okay. Who would it be? I'd love to go with Craig Bellamy. I was about to say, you've already taken that one. I'd love to go with Craig. Yeah, and coach a team. Look, I, I, I'd take this off where they I'd are. I'd love to coach the Roosters. The Chuggies? The team they've got now, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. I think I just basically put it across they're three getting, clubs. They're getting the cheese back. They've got one of the best young halves. If you're going to ask me more off the situation of the Jared. club right now, I, I think you're right there. But if I was going to go the other two off what they've got there and what they've got in place, Penrith, if that just keeps producing, would be a great place to take over if you know what's coming through. Um, the other one with the Cowboys from there right now. They've got a good group. A lot of them are in there. They're young and they're going to be there long term. They've just won 21s two times in a row. They're pushing through a big group there. But I think... I reckon you... the Broncos would be a pretty cool club to coach up. Yeah. Just like they're massive in Queensland. Yeah. But I think, yeah, between... Just living Brizzy and... Panthers, Roosters. But yeah, if you're looking at the situation for the next couple of years and what they've got, I think you're right. Roosters are in a good spot, but... If it was for the players that are coming through in the best situation to succeed for the next few years and not have to have lots of headaches with turnover and roster, uh, I think Penrith's got a lot pushing through. Cowboys got a lot pushing through. I don't have a lot of big decisions to make just yet. But, yeah, assisting, I'd go with Bellamy and Hartley. Yeah. There you go. All the fan questions. First time this year. How long have we gone? How long is this podcast? Over two hours. That's right. That's when we do fan questions. Even our preview, that was almost an hour. That's good. Hefty. But... There you go. We got there. Grand final. Four it's close. Team. It's very close. Sunday. 72 hours, mate. Three games. It'll all be done. Panthers, Devils. Knights, Eels in the NRLW. And then the big dance. Battle of the West. Panthers versus the Eels. 1v4. Fourth time they've played this year. It should be an absolute cracker. You've got our Penner uh, Solar Powerful Predictions for the game. We'll run through those one more time before we go. Brock, Panthers by 10. I've gone Panthers by 8. You've got Kiki, our first try. I'm on top all. And we've both gone Edwards. But like we said, a bit of value probably for Yo, um, Coruscant. If you're going to go someone on the other side, you'd think again, Moses Brown, one of those sort of guys. Yeah, Sean Lane. Um, yeah. And Who won me in the match in the Paragon last week? I don't know. 
that mm. was on Fox that I watched. So I did, they didn't name a man in the match on Fox, did they? Uh-huh. They generally don't. Um, I don't usually hang around long enough. Yeah, well, I think the other game I watched on Fox, they said, oh, Cleary was... They, they said they'd give it to Cleary. I thought Edwards was... I thought really Edwards good last was... Yeah, I thought Cleary kicked a couple out and dropped the ball a couple of times. I thought it was good, but I thought, again, just the easy pick they gave it to the halfback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't watch Channel 9. They give an actual man of the match, so I'm not too sure, but... There you go. Preview and the odds all brought to you by bluebet.com.au. Penrith, $1.36. The Eels, three fifteen. Um, as we said before. And that offer, Panthers or Eels head-to-head. If they lead by six or more at halftime, Bluebet will pay you out as you up to $100 in winnings. Lead by six at halftime. You in terms and conditions. Apply it. Gamble it responsibly. Uh, that's, that's it for us, Boxhead. For yep. everybody out there, if you're a Panther or an Eels fan, enjoy the weekend. Fingers crossed uh, you come out with a big smile across your face and a premier premiership and a victory premiership. for your team. Um, but for the neutral punters like ourselves, I just think it's going to be a great day. Give me a close game, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm after. Golden Ooh. point or something, you know, right down to the wire. It's extra time, isn't it? Then golden point. Yeah, yeah that'd be even better. Because yeah. the extra time, you can actually throw a little bit of caution to win and actually try and have a crack. So I'm like Big Kev, I'm excited. Really excited. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.